Welcome to the PDL's official podcast, hosted by me, the commissioner and the owner of the Delco Dreamers, Tommy Yu. And I'm Darren from the Carolina Thunder. It's time to sit back, relax, and get ready for us to get off topic as possible. Hey guys, welcome to another episode, and boy, I don't know why. Darren, doesn't this feel like we've taken a little break, but I feel like we haven't really missed the recording, but I think you took a little break going to uh, Mexico, or no, sorry, I keep saying Mexico, Florida. You went to Florida, and then we had the unveiling power ranking, so you weren't a part of that either, so it kind of felt like a little break, which is kind of nice, because now we're going to be back in the thick of things, and this is going to be the episode right before week one. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, it's it's funny, but not really funny. Um, I don't know. It's like uh, ironic, I guess. More is probably more appropriate. But when we were in Florida, um, I'm sure you probably heard about the hurricane that hit. Oh the my way. god! Yeah, we that's where we were. We were in that area, and the one of the Uber drivers we had the one night, he was telling us he was literally you saw his car in the news, just like floating that. away. He had a Tesla, and he was literally bragging about like how her. <laughs> Hurricanes never hit that area. Like it's safe. He was talking shit on the east coast of Florida, and he was like, "People gave me shit about having a Tesla in Florida because, like, I what if what happens if the power grid goes down? How am I going to charge my car?" And he was like, "You know what? Hurricanes don't hit this area. What what am I worried about?" And then like, that's actually amazing. Literally, two weeks later, a hurricane hits the area. Literally. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> that's absolutely tempting fate right there. But uh, I mean, that guy. I'm sure he probably did it to to everybody. He probably bragged to every single person about how his Tesla was so great and how hurricanes never come. You should just make like a Facebook group or make a post on Reddit to be like, "Have you guys been in this area of Florida with this guy bragging?" You would have like an actual subreddit of people being like, "Oh my god, yes, I know this guy." It was almost like he was trying to convince me to buy a Tesla. Like, he was, <laughs> like he was like, look at all, like he was literally like pulling up all of the chargers in America, and he was like, "Where do you live?" And I was like, "Well, we live like outside." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, look at all these charger ports all near you." It's like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> Dude, can you just, like, take me to where I want to be? Oh, my God. Wow, we're so off track. We didn't even introduce our special guest either. But hold on. Before we do, before we do, uh, it's nice to have you. Um, and Anything happen on your uh, Florida trip? Any highlights? I know we kind of talked about it, but I don't think we ever talked about it on air. Um, yeah, it was fun. We went to uh, we went to St. Pete Beach in, on the west coast of Florida. So we were right near Tampa where that hurricane hit. Um, it Had a was, great Uber driver already. We know that. I never been there before. That was the first time I was ever been on the west coast of Florida, but it was really nice. It's th- totally different than the east coast of Florida. Yeah, um, I've never been there. It's it was like way more kind of like laid back, like more of like a beach town kind of feel than the places like I've been to like Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. city kind of beaches on So like the Tampa Tom vibe. Yeah. I, I mean I can see why he's on there. <laughs> And then when he called Gronk and he was like, hey, man, you can play in. It's pretty much retirement. Just imagine playing for a retirement home. He's like, Gronk was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get paid yeah. millions for that. Yeah. And then like St. Pete, uh, St. Pete USF is there, um, which I didn't know until I was there. But there's like, so Gronk might have, I mean, I guess he would stick out like a sore thumb if he was going to college parties. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you see that grown man that's ripped over there at that corner that's just doing the kickstand? Who the hell is that guy? He probably thought about it. I'm not saying he did. Like, that thought crossed his mind, I'm sure. 
but it was fun though. I, I liked it. There's just like a lot of, it was the first like vacation I went on. Cause most of the PTO I used this year was for weddings and bachelor parties and stuff. So that was like the actual, the only actual vacation I took this year. Yeah. And just right in time for the football season too, but don't worry. Finally, we are going to unveil our guest host, and of course, it's no fitting that we always ramble, and what better way than to keep our guest waiting with our rambling, right? But uh, this co-host very um, proactively reached out to me and said, hey, I would absolutely love to be a host during the preseason unveiling. And I completely forgot that the way I make the preseason unveiling, I just kind of do it by myself with the voice submissions. That's kind of what I did last year. But to introduce our special guest host, Greg... How was that experience for you? Because I know I asked you to submit a voice file as well, but you're also going to be a part of this show where we kind of kind of go over it, kind of say how we're reacting and whatever. But yeah, I mean, Darren, you got to agree. Greg's uh, it was kind of, to me, one of the highlights. The highlights of, oh, you mean like the highlights of the voice memos? Yeah, that memo. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his was really good. And everyone... Like, Greg kind of, like, mentioned it, but everyone kind of, like, just defaulted to being nice to the other person. <laughs> it was like, I don't want to be mean, so I'm going to say the nicest thing I can possibly say about you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's because we're just walking on eggshells right before the start of the season, and we don't want to give anyone bulletin material. Or maybe the league is just soft. Yeah, I pushed it. But we're also the voice of the podcast. That's what we're saying. But Greg, how was it when you were listening? Because I remember when you submitted, you're like, is this the right style? And I was like, Greg, trust me. I I have such little time, unfortunately, right now. I can't listen to everything individually. So when I was editing it, that was the first time I listened to all of them. And Darren, I'm sure you remember, I was even texting you. I was like, oh, my God, yours was so good. And then I got to Greg's and I was like, this is actually freaking amazing. So, Greg, what was your reaction when you kind of listened to everything uh, the first time through? You didn't even listen to it when I asked you? (laughs) No, I did not. I did not. I just looked to make sure that it was the right format. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the right format. Yeah, this is great, Greg. (laughs) I mean, I had a – my vibe was way off. Like I did not catch what everyone else was giving out. Like I I went back and I listened last year and it felt more – like some of the people just read off the script sort of, which I guess makes sense. Like, But I thought we were going to be like improv a little bit more. Um, So (laughs) – I just sort of like read the prompt and I was like, all right, like, what do I think of Mike? And then I only went for like a minute, I think like maybe a little over a minute and other people were like four or five minutes, just so nice to each other. Like I've, I don't know. I told you, like I have a problem being serious. So all I can do is be funny. Um, it's just my like natural deflection. And <laughs> I don't know. I felt bad when it came out. Um, I'm glad you guys liked it, but like I felt super awkward that everyone else like was answering all your questions bullet by bullet, and I just sort of ignored that and just did whatever I wanted. I honestly prefer, and I was hoping that more people would take your route. I mean, Darren essentially kind of did too, and he did read off some of the prompts as well, but I really wanted an open forum where everyone's personality had an opportunity to come through, but I know it's like such an awkward ask, right? I mean, Greg, you've been on this show with me all the time, and it's kind of hard to just have a podcast or have a conversation in a way that other people get to listen. It could be kind of awkward, but Darren and I, we've been doing this forever, too, so I knew when I asked Darren to submit something, it'd be so easy for him to do something, and it's so... I think it was really easy to grasp, right, guys, on the people who kind of do podcasts or kind of speak a little bit more often because it's very, very unnatural, Darren. I remember when you said you were hosting when I was here, you kept saying how unnatural it kind of felt. So that's kind of why I was like, I needed to kind of give a script, but definitely moving forward and maybe 
do uh, I'll have to put a reminder for myself a PSA of saying yes the way that you guys tackled it was my preference but I know if I just kind of went to each owner and said hey yeah um, can you do an opener for this person with no prompt I feel like the participation would have been much lower but Darren maybe you could answer that do you think that would be true um yeah probably because like I I think even any kind of assignment I guess you want to call it um, you gotta take all the roadblocks and obstacles away, or as much as you can. Yeah, like most people, I think that creativeness is kind of sapped from them at, at a young age. So if you don't give them like, hey, I want this, then they're just gonna be like, well, I don't know what to do here. And I probably would have done the same thing myself. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I guess I can just shit on Brett for 60 seconds. But what I'm sorry I- about your childhood, Darren. What creativeness <laughs> was sapped from you as a child? What? <laughs> Yeah, what Darren went to kindergarten about, saw man? like the 64 Crayola box. He's like, what the fuck is that? It is many colors. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Just give me a pen, man. But I did I did actually bet the one that when the 100, I think it was 128, when that pack came out. It had the oh, with the sharpener on the back. in the back and everything? Oh, oh, yeah. I was like, mom, I need that bitch. Like, I, <laughs> I'm I, never going to use it, but I need it. <laughs> yeah, wow, probably. off, off. I was just going to say, we're off topic again, but I just want to bring it back and saying, uh, I really appreciate both of you for submitting it because, like I said, both of you took uh, a nice, unique take, and both of you are obviously a lot more experienced. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on anyone's submission. I think everyone's submission was amazing. Uh, I'm just really hoping, once again, their personality comes through. But I know that gets a little bit difficult because we had a handful of rookie owners as well. So it's really hard to be like, hey, can you introduce this uh, one person? Like, Michael had me. Um and when that oh once again I the way that I came up with this was through ChatGPT I had him like or not him I don't know why I'm giving him gender but I gave ChatGPT um kind of the prompt to be like all right randomly select each other and who's going to speak about who and that's why I was cracking up when Darren got Brett I could even share that same script if you guys don't blame me but then when Michael got me in a way I was like oh uh, that kind of sucks because i feel like that's a lot more pressure for like a new guy to come in and talk about a commission but i think he did great so that's kind of why he gave a little bit more of a prompt but overall i feel like um it was kind of a special episode and uh, i think the one thing i definitely wanted to put before we kind of dive in and react to the episode darren is it hilarious because there's a huge difference apparently between when I give an effort in an episode and when I don't, because when I don't give an effort, I just export this audio <laughs> and drop it into Spotify. And then for that one episode, I'm like, all right, yeah, let me at least start editing and trying to do like the audio stuff. And everyone's like, Darren, you, you sound so good. And I was like, I think Darren was just using the same thing. And I just edited it a little bit better. So I thought that was hilarious, right? Yeah, I was literally using my phone still, but I did use the voice memos app that's on. Ooh. I don't know if that's a little bit better than what like the podcast is talking in a can. Well, right now, <laughs> your your audio is like way lower quality than it was on yeah. the on the recording. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like this is how he always sounds, but at the time I went back into Audacity and actually started to edit it, and after I finished, I was like, "Yep, that's why I only do this once a year." <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe your internet just sucks like because you record voice memo so it's on your device maybe oh that's fair your internet just ruins your uh, audio quality no i got a gig internet so it shouldn't be the internet i think i literally think it's just because i'm doing it through my phone but then well then it doesn't make any sense because i did it through my phone for the voice memo i Aaron. don't I don't know why, but I tell myself every single year for Christmas, I'm going to buy you a mic, and I just never do it. I don't know why, because like, we literally talk to each other, what, like once a week on yeah. average, right? 
and it's always through this. I'm like, dude, I can probably just buy Darren like one of those like phone mics, you know, the thing that just like plugs into your phone and it's just like a special mic. Yeah, I'll just get you one of those. I know, but, like I told you, I was like, I, I can do a Madden League on Tuesday, and then I got busy and I just wasn't able to. Oh, do I it. completely forgot about that. <laughs> but anyway, the unveiling of the, I guess. There's always a little bit of excitement because I try to have a little bit of fun. I try to ha- almost have replicate what, like the NFL Top 100, where it's kind of the owners that have a reflection on it. But I feel like that's always kind of what's dictated in the PDL anyway. But when everything was unveiled, and I will read it off, and then I'll ask and I'll throw it over to you first, Darren, uh, to see if there are any surprises. So uh, at number 12 was the Austrian Oaks, Greg. Uh, I don't think that was a surprise. Uh, number 11, the California Earthquake, Michael. Number 10 was the Boulder Bears, which is Tanish. Nine, wow, the Dubrovnik Dragons, who just came runner-up this past season in Brett. Number 8, Dallas Drip, Welch. Number 7, the Hollywood Hustle, McFaddy. That's the name I'm going with. Number 6, Wichita Whirlwind, Jeff. Number five, the Southern Oregon Smoke, our good friend Mike Servas. Number four, Darren, Carolina Thunder. I don't know why I did yours in a different order. <laughs> number three, Denver Brews, Steve. Number two, Murphy Street Empire and Max. And number one, Delco Dreamers and myself. So, Darren, I feel like it's safe to say it was no surprise to see Greg come in at number 12. But were there any surprises when you kind of saw everything or I guess listened to everything unveil? What the hell, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, honestly, I I thought that like everything was like within a spot or so of like what like I I, I don't have a problem with any of this um, because like I know I know Brian was like I, I'm surprised it wasn't at least six, but like he's seventh, so it's not like he's far off or anything, you know. Um, I, I think everyone's like with probably pretty close to where they're actually going to finish. I think Tanish is probably upset about being tenth. But he did sell off like every veteran player he had. <laughs> um, he I, saw Aaron Jones still on his roster when he got the PDL drafts. Like, no, this is this is not happening by the end of this draft. I, you're gone. Well, it's possible that like because he oh we did we talk about the Higby thing because he just sent Higby away too. So, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, let's. Oh man, that's how you can tell we're rusty. A big trade did happen. We got to give everything it's due. Yeah, it's possible he's not even done because he just traded Tyler Higby away to Brett um, for a twenty twenty five third round pick. So, which was Max's. Yep. There, there's still a couple veterans on his team, so maybe he's just gonna keep sending them all away because he wants he wants to have the youngest PDL team in recorded history. I think. I think he has his team just pulled up on Excel, and he's just going over to the age column and looking at that, and he's just like, "Nope, I don't even care what name is associated with this. You're gone." I thought I was the only one that know how to use Excel. <laughs> Which is also now. true. Anytime we see anything that Greg draws, we're like, oh my God, it's on an Excel spreadsheet. This is so smart. This is amazing. Um, but Greg, were there any surprises with you? Or were you kind of um, to the same esteem of uh, Darren where you were like, yeah, no, no real big surprises? I think, I don't know if you have the data up or not to verify this, but I think I recorded what I put down and then what the actual outcome was. And I think the only difference was I had Brett and Welch switched. Everything else I had exactly as it was. So, no, I, I don't think it's very surprising to me. Um, I would say the bottom three and the top three were, like, very easy and very clear. Everyone else I could see missing the playoffs or making the playoffs. So I think there's really, like, three big groups for me. I am 
I have the Excel spreadsheet in front of me, and I can confirm Greg uh, what he said. He was pretty much completely accurate outside of just that too. Um, but yeah, even with uh, some of the things that were on here, I guess there is some merit to uh, McFaddy being a little bit upset um, being where he was ranked. But um, I guess he has some right because he was ranked as high as number four and it was not himself. He didn't rank himself that highly. So there was another owner that thought of himself that highly. Um and then there were a couple of owners that had him all the way down at number nine. There were about two owners that had him down at number nine. So he did find himself, you know, comfortably at number seven. So I feel like there was definitely a lot of uh, divisiveness there. So I guess maybe that could be our first jumping off point with Hollywood Hustle finding themselves at number seven. And they said they were a little bit disappointed because they thought they were a top half team, but they're kind of flirting right around six and seven then. So if that's the case, that means they're in contention for that wild card spot where the record is thrown out the window. Now we're just looking at total points for, um, is that kind of, I guess the tier we should be viewing the Hollywood hustle heading into this season, Darren. Um, I, I would like to know is the person that voted him fourth. Was it Jeff? No comment. <laughs> uh, no comment. I will but... not unveil any votes because um the uh, not the anonymity. I don't think I'm saying that right, but the anonymity is uh, very important to me. So no comment. Just just cough once if it's a yes. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but yeah, I think that Brian is like a playoff contender. But the thing that hurts him the most is that he does not have a single top 50 wide receiver currently on the roster. Um, Josh Downs. Brian is very, very high on Josh Downs. And you have Anthony Richardson, Darren, so you should probably be looking at him and be like, man, is he Odell-esque? Maybe. I I understand, but he's playing with a quarterback that is not the strongest passer. Um, And he is also a rookie. And they also have uh, Michael Pittman ahead of him. Uh, arguably Alec Pierce as well. So I think that like if if his wide receivers were better, I think you would have a stronger argument. But I think where he was at seven, I think that's fine because he's like first team out and he could still make that six seed, right? Like he's he's close. Um, he still has plenty of time to make some changes to his roster here. And I know he's like not afraid to acquire veterans or anything, but the veterans he has currently, like Zay Jones and Alan Lazard, I guess like Corey Davis retiring helps Alan Lazard a little bit, but it's like those veterans aren't like, they're not doing a whole lot for me at the wide receiver position, you know what I mean? Now I'm going to throw it over to Greg. Do you think that, uh, and once again, um, your ranking was very, very closely to what everything was revealed, so I'm sure I know what your answer would be, but is that kind of right around the spot that uh, Hollywood should be in just fighting for that wild card spot heading into this season? Yeah, I mean, it, it's fair. I think there's it for me. It's just it's coming down to injuries. Like whoever of these sort of middle of the pack teams, even going all the way up the rankings to Darren, or all the way down to um, who was actually like Welch or Brett. Brett was ninth. Yeah. Um, either one of them, like any of those teams, really like lacks depth at certain positions. So one or two injuries could derail their entire season. Um, yeah, for me though, it's Brian. Like his wide receiver, like you said, is um, lacking a little bit, but Bijan and Tony Pollard, as it stands right now, could carry him pretty far. And you know, I, I believe Geno Smith is 
kind of for real. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, a top three quarterback, but he could be a back end QB one or mid QB one. Um, and then it depends on like love and Purdy and how they pan out. But I see him flirting with that fringe, like wild card spot, or maybe I'm trying to see like who's in his division, like what that might play a role. So he's in a division with Brett and that could be like them fighting for that last playoff spot. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, Brett and Brian and you and Michael in a division. So um, if you want to assume you you beat them both, that's two losses for them, and then they play each other. So maybe those games will uh, decide who goes to the playoffs and who sits out. I don't know. And also, while I have you here, I think the only other thing that um, I, I feel like is advantageous having you here is definitely the voting between the Denver Brews coming in number three and Darren seeing the Carolina coming in at number four. The lowest rated that the Denver Brew was at was number five by two different owners, and Darren Seam was ranked as low as number six, also twice uh, by owners as well. So there was a pretty clear tier difference that had um, kind of when you averaged everything up that put um, Steve over Darren's team, and uh, you also had it voted that way as well. So what are the uh, some of the things that kind of keeps Darren and Steve kind of on two different tiers? Quarterback. Um, I I don't think it's so surprise Darren to say that I do not trust Deshaun Watson. And I've, I've made that argument in the chat before. And Richardson, while I love him, not this year. Like in redraft, I don't really have any interest in him. Uh, I think it's going to be like a really developmental year. So behind that, like Baker Mayfield, he'll start five games and then he'll get benched. Stafford's arm is going to blow out, you know, on week four. And he's already, but his wife is like complaining that he can't get along with the the kids these days. Um, So that could be a problem. Like I would even, so I'm going to make this spicy now unprompted. I would rather have Brett's quarterback room this year than Darren's. I'd rather have cousins (laughs) and golf over Richardson and Watson for sure. And not even close to me. Darren, I am going to give you a chance to have a little bit of rebuttal. This is great. So, I mean, obviously I'm more confident in Deshaun Watson than uh, Greg is here. Um, I feel like we have some um, Cleveland believers. I think it's you and Max are really been firmly in that camp. Pretty much. It's just, it's just us two. Um, But I do think that like, he's going to bounce back. Like, I think that, I, I don't think that Sean Watson is ever going to be what he was, like elite, one of the three, four best quarterbacks in the yeah, league. Yeah, like three years ago. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's – I mean, it's it's possible, but the probability is very low, I think, of that happening. Uh, but I do think he can be in that mid-tier kind of like Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Like, I think he can get to that tier again um, because he was once elite, so he can be very good, I think, again. Um, but he's probably never going to be talked about the way that, you know, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen are right now. Like, that's probably not going to happen again. Um, and I think that he should do that this year. But there is a chance that he is just bad because we've seen it before where guys are just removed from football for a long time. Um, but then the only one that I can really think of that was a quarterback was Michael Vick. And he came back. And he was fine. So I think I think like a full offseason, like removed from all of the legal cases and everything like that. Um, no distractions. Well, no real 
big time distractions. Um, I think he should be at least be able to be like a top half quarterback. Um, and then Anthony Richardson, yes, <laughs> I would agree that could go very poorly, but. Uh, we saw Justin Fields last year who can barely throw the football in the vicinity of his wide receivers, and he was still a top 10 quarterback. So I think that kind of just depends on how often they want to run uh, Anthony Richardson. Like if they want to give him the leash and let him off of it and be like, hey, hey, young guy, just do whatever the fuck you want. Um, I think there's a possibility where he's a top 12 quarterback, but I think realistically he's probably a top 16 quarterback. Um, just because I think that his uh, passing this year is going to be very developmental, uh, and it's going to, there's going to be some bad games I think in there for Anthony Richardson, um, and there is a there is a chance that he gets benched at some point if he plays like really bad. Um, I don't think that's like super likely, but they could you know be like oh he hurt his foot, and they're not going to say it's because he's playing badly, but he he needs to take a couple games to rest, you know that kind of thing. So you agree um, with me? I I do agree wow. to an extent. Like I think Jared there's a Goff. I hear you heard it first here, Brett. I mean, you can send <laughs> I, me some I would, fab. I I would not take Brett's quarterbacks over mine. There's no way I'm taking like vanilla Kirk Cousins and Jared Goof over my guys. But... First off, vanilla is a great flavor. Shout out to vanilla. <laughs> it's like the one of the worst flavors. It's Get vanilla out of here. Vanilla is amazing. Okay, because it's got that little like spiciness to it, but like vanilla the... just. Vanilla, just plain old vanilla. No, I, I, Sean I, Watson's top his three <laughs> best scoring seasons are QB five, QB five, QB five. Kirk Cousins' yeah. best scoring seasons QB five, QB six, QB six, and that QB six was last year. He's more consistent. He's done it more recently. He's That's just true. better than Deshaun Watson. And and I lived in Cleveland for three years. Two things: that stadium is built one on an ancient burial ground, Indian burial ground, <laughs> and two. It is built for some god awful reason on the edge of the windiest fucking lake in yeah, North that. America. It is so cold. They play there. They play in the AFC North. They play against like TJ Watt. The Bengals defense is good. They play the Ravens defense. Cousins plays in the NFC North, which is cold, but he plays in a dome for half the year. Like there's and also six point touchdown. Weapons. They just got Addison. They just paid Hawk. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like he's. You're you're saying you hope Deshaun Watson gets to that level of Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is already at Kirk Cousins' level, and Goff. And is... did anyone here see his mustache? What? <laughs> yeah, the handlebar mustache. Oh my god! Yeah, he had like a full Fu Manchu kind of looking thing. I've been, I've been out of it. <laughs> oh Kirk man, Cousins. dude, it is glory. I don't know if he still has it. it Might have just been a preseason thing, um, but it, it, it looked glorious. I'm sure Julie approved. I see a Photoshop of him with like a Raleigh fingers in the, the quarterback, the Netflix quarterback show. Like Kirk Cousins was very endearing because he is definitely like a very genuine dad nerd. But I mean, I I don't know. Like it's just he like, looks like Dan Cousins. Campbell. And uh, what uh, like Jared Goff? I just like. I don't know. Like you say Brent his name with disrespect. You don't say Jared Goff. You say Jared Goff. Oh, yeah, he does. Goff. He always says it like that. <laughs> he's he's fine, but like, do I want? I Jared think it's Goff? because Darren was burnt. He was like a he was a California quarterback. Darren was like, yeah, I okay. Like 
All right, he loves California quarterbacks. And then he was on the Rams, and he saw it with Fisher. He's like, ah, and then McVay came in. He's like, oh, maybe he's something. He's like, oh, maybe this guy's just dumb because I'm sure Darren saw the hard knocks, didn't know how the, where the sunrise and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, it's over for this guy. And now ever since then, he was like, Jared Goff. When uh, when they were coming out, the Jared Goff, or Carson Wentz and uh, Dak Prescott here, like I liked Jared Goff the most, then I liked Dak Prescott, then I liked Carson Wentz, and the Eagles got Carson Wentz, but, you know, I don't know. Um, he's I, just I safe. He's, fine. he's safe. Yeah, he's safe. Yeah, he's Richardson fine. is not safe in any That's way. True. That's true, but I think that I think that he has a floor of top 16, because I think I they're going to has a floor of top 16. <laughs> Well, that's true. I agree. But he has just the weapons around him. That offense is going to be good. He has Gibbs, who they're, they're going to get more passing volume to. Like, he, he's a system quarterback, sure, but I think the system's good. So, yeah, I don't know. I see him as like a top twelve guy. Again, I don't know. I got I got Jared Goff. Like, man, I got my my ranks for this year because I have my redrafts tomorrow. So I have I had Jared Goff at seventeen, and I have Richardson at fourteen. So like they're close, and like that could totally flip flop for sure. Like Goff could be fourteen, and Richardson could be seventeen. So I do, I do agree to an extent, but I like my guys better. They're more exciting. Brett is probably listening to this podcast, being like, "I don't." He's gonna start petitioning, being like, "Greg should be the permanent co-host." Kick Darren I tr- off. I tried. I tried, Brett. I tried. We had a little bit of movement there. While I have, um. You hear at least, Greg. The guy we have to talk about is the guy that was ranked sandwiched in between. I don't even know I'm wording it this way. The team right below Darren is Southern Oregon Smoke, Mike Servas. Probably one of the most polarizing owners because of just his opinions, but also because his team is star-studded. I always say this, and I feel like every single time in the preseason ranking, he always ranks right around here, right outside of the top three, but knocking on the door, um, always in the playoff hunt. He just had a really disappointing season, just like he did, uh, just like Darren did. So uh, what's kind of your opinion on this team? Because it, it's always had this similar identity of a team that looks like it could take the next step, but for some reason it just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he's just Oregon Darren to me at this point, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I think you even said That's that on a, on a previous podcast. They're like, they would get along really well if they They'd be like best friends state. if they knew each other in real life. <laughs> yeah, but Mike burned me last year because I think I had him ranked one last year. I was like all in on, on Mike. And then... Um, I mean, to an extent, you're right. Waddle did great. Justin Jefferson was historically great. Josh Allen was still good, but... Mac and Lance kind of... Yeah. Just a bit and yeah. it didn't go well. Um, You're right. But I, I agree with what you said. Like, he has a good roster, but I think he's also, because his team is young, and maybe it's just his personality, I don't know, but he's content. Like, if the season goes, starts to go sideways, he's content to just sort of like pack it in and then get some draft picks and try it again next year. Um, but then I think you also saw at the end of last year. So, the beginning of last year, he was tilting like really hard. And just sort of gave up, I think, at least. And then towards the end of the year, like when the playoffs were going on, you remember him posting like every week saying, oh, you know, if I would have made the playoffs, I would have won. I would have won this whole thing. And if he just would have made some moves aggressively um, towards like the middle part of the year to solidify the roster, then he could have made the playoffs. And then, like he said, if he would have made the playoffs, he would have actually won all the way through to the championship game. So I don't know if he 
took that as like a lesson from last year to maybe um, not even like sell off the farm to, to get into the playoffs, but you know, don't sell your players and play a little bit more aggressively. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, like he has young players, so he can just, if he's willing to, he can just kind of say like, okay, we'll just do it next year. Um, but he does have a good amount of draft capital that he could trade for um, like, you know, aging players if he wanted to get into the playoffs. Cause I think there will be a couple teams that by the end of the season are going to be clear that they're not in it. And we move that trade deadline, right? So you can make trades all the way up until the playoffs start. I think, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's yes. week 14 now. So it's the very last possible date before the playoffs start. Yeah. So say someone like Brett who is admitted like this is his last go and you know, he has his own pick next year. So he has incentive to kind of sell it. If he's out of the playoff picture, he could sell all of his players like the week before the playoff starts if he knows he's not going to make it. So, you know, Mike could buy the players then, or there could be other teams looking to rebuild. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I gen- generally agree with what you said. He could be in that upper tier, but also I think he sometimes tilts and decides like he, his players aren't good enough and he, he was what threatening to rebuild, like blow it all up at the beginning of last year, I think. <laughs> I feel like that's a constant theme. I feel like if all of our teams are, had their own actual like city and town, um, one hundred percent Southern Oregon has like that red nuke button just to like blow themselves up at any moment. And I feel like Mike is just kind of sitting in the you know their own version of the White House. And anytime he gets upset, he just inches his finger closer and closer for absolutely no reason. And that's something that you always kind of have to have. He always has that edge, that wild card. But Darren, I want to actually overthrow to you because there's one owner. That was a little bit surprising, not because of where he ended up, but how the offseason went for how they ended up there. And it's one of our new owners, Tanish, from the Boulder Bears, finds themselves at number 10. But you can make the argument if he just did nothing at all, he would definitely have been much higher, maybe even in the top six in the playoff picture. So what are your thoughts on uh, the Boulder Bears making their debut season at number 10? Um. I will I will touch on that, but before I just want to say what Greg was kind of hitting on there, the difference between Brian and Brett so far to this point has between them two and me and Mike has been what Greg said. Like once the season starts to go sideways, me and Mike are like, ah, whatever. Like I'll just kind of just keep continue losing, and Brett and Brian will go in and they'll be like, I'm gonna buy a Deontay Foreman for a third round pick. I don't care. I'm just gonna do it. And me and Mike have not been really willing to do that kind of thing to this point. Um, so maybe this is the year that we do. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. But maybe. You guys have made great co-owners for each other, right? <laughs> well, I think we'd be good co-owners owners in the worst way because we both, like, maybe if you combined me and Brett and we were like, all right, we're going to. But then, like, if Brett did something, I would be like, fuck, man. Because it was like when I was with Kenny. Kenny wanted to do that kind of thing, <laughs> And I was like, Kenny, you're killing me. Like, I, this is this is hurting my soul. Like, you're literally giving away. And and uh, Kev, when I was Kev's co-owner, he it was literally just a fourth round pick. Or I think, or like Mike Davis, right? No, it was he gave a third, and he got Mike Davis and a fourth. And I was like, Kevin, what the fuck, man? Like, why are you doing that? And, then and it Mike, was great. It worked. <laughs> yeah, it did work. He got him in the playoffs. But like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like. Why would you do that? And See, it, Darren, this is you. Just You should have an epiphany moment saying, I should learn from this. <laughs> I really should. 
but it's hard to say if I will or not. <laughs> anyway, I mean, by to- the fact that you already have that tome, you already know you haven't. Yeah, I probably won't do it, but you know, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> there's always a chance. Um, <laughs> All right, now bring it back over to Tanish, finding himself at number ten, the Boulder Bears. I, uh, I I don't understand what he's really doing. Like, I get the whole selling the veterans thing. Like when he sold Austin Eckler, I was like, yeah, do that. That's great. Like, I I think that he got peak value for a guy that is 28 years old now, and he's a running back. So like, obviously, he's only got a couple years left, in my opinion. Um for all we know this could be the the year he starts to fall off like he was great last year obviously um but i i think like you said like if he just did nothing like literally nothing at all he's probably some people probably would have voted him top three in this right like i think that he could have easily been in the playoffs um he had austin eckler uh, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Evans, uh, Terry McLaurin. Like, he had, like, all kinds of veterans that he shipped away. So I, I think that his strategy to me is kind of confusing. I don't really know what he's doing. He does seem to have a strategy, so it's not, like, something like Josh where you think he's just going to, like, you know, flip-flop and be like, all right, now I'm going to buy a bunch of old dudes because that's what Josh would do. Like, I think he's de- definitely committed to this draft pick strategy he has going. But a lot of the picks he got are like later picks. Like he got three first next year, but they're all there. They're, if you're going by these rankings, they're the bottom three picks in the draft. It's 10, 11 and 12. Um, and usually those picks aren't like highly, highly sought after. I don't think. Um, so I don't know if he's like maybe overvaluing the draft picks. Cause obviously they're already overvalued in the PDL. I will, will agree with that. Like it's gotten kind of off the rails at this point. Um, but I think maybe he, he recognized that and he kind of, in his mind, maybe doubled that value. Um, but like, if he's going to like, I don't know, like I'm sure he has a strategy and it, it does seem like he has one, but I just don't understand it from the outside looking in. I don't know what he's doing over there, but he's got good young talent. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he has like literally no running backs. And then when he did that trade where he traded the third for Mostert and Foreman, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> he was, he's working so hard to acquire these picks, and he traded a third, a pick that he worked to, to acquire, for a 27-year-old third-string running back and a 31-year-old second-string. Well, now he's first, probably, because of Jeff Wilson. Um, I guess you could argue who was first at the time. But he traded for two old running backs when he was sending away younger than those running backs so i'm like what is i don't understand maybe that was tanish's way to say i gotta make a move maybe i want to make the playoffs now this is what i can do and it only costs a third but that's not really helping much right like that's not putting him between 10th in these rankings to six like just acquiring- hold on let's let's get greg let's get greggy in here because i want to hear his breakdown are we being unfair uh evaluating a, a rookie first year um, owner into the league trying to make an identity with an orphan team because Greg, I know you have some experience in this as well, as did Darren. Well, Darren just like three minutes ago said that his approach isn't working and like trading, you know, he values <laughs> third round picks too highly or whatever. And now he's giving them shit for Raheem Mostert is now running back one. He's easily worth a third round pick, even if he doesn't make the playoffs or whatever. Like, at least, you know, take a shot at it. Um, I don't know. Like, I get taking over the team um, and then wanting to get your own guys. Like that's, well, actually I didn't want any of the guys on my team. So 
that's sort of how it went. But yeah, like I think you want your own players and he clearly likes these sort of like, you know, he acquired Zay Flowers and Ayuk and JSN. Um, the trading away of Devonta Smith was the one that confused yeah, that me. That, that confused me for both sides. Like, I don't know why Welch gave up two firsts for him. And I also don't know why Tanish sold him for two firsts. Because he actually, exactly you what bring up a really good point. That has to be one of the weirdest trades that have gone down in PDL, right? At, at least from where both of those teams were headed, and yeah. what I would have assumed, yes, the trajectory. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like it's just the reason it's weird is because he doesn't have his own pick. So that's why it's kind of like I think he could have just stood pat and see how the season went, or, or trade away one or two guys. Um, but I think there's a wide range of outcomes. And then we also know at the start of the season, like these running backs are pretty like, we know who's going to be who, but then by week six, um, like you were saying, Mike Davis, like Mike Davis comes out of nowhere and has value. So you can get guys off the waiver wires when the injuries strike. So I think you can kind of cobble together a running back room by the midway point of the season. But I don't know if, if by that point he'll be out of the playoffs, um, that's potentially, but he has a lot of, running back lottery tickets. I mean, some of them probably shouldn't even be rostered anymore. like Matt Burita, but anyway, like I, I think I want to see how the first couple weeks go for him and like what kind of points he's putting up because his wide receivers could put up a lot of points. And if Kenny Pickett is, he's looking like a stud out there in the preseason, Darren, I know you don't like his hands, but he's looking like a stud and that just two quarterbacks alone in Superflex can, if, if we're just talking about the um, highest points, for the wild card, two quarterbacks could get you there. So I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out for me a little bit. The Devonta Smith was the one that, that stood out to me the most, I think. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Uh, Darren, I actually wanted to ask you because there is one owner I feel like that gets kind of swept under the rug. Not not enough FaceTime. They're almost like the um, the Tennessee Titans of our team. And that's Justin. The Witcher to Whirlwind? Um, I feel like they are always like, I mean, I feel like there's nothing more fitting than finding themselves at number six because that is our wild card spot. Do you think that's a really good spot for kind of where Jeff's team is uh, at and where they're going to be heading in this upcoming season? Yeah, I think so. I think that if uh, Jeff, Jeff's biggest issue, I think, is depth, um, especially at running back. Um, I guess you could say quarterback, too, because if he has like a Tua injury, he's probably doomed. Um, but if he can stay healthy throughout the year, I think he's in the playoffs, but if you totally see like a Cinderella, we have one every single year. And yeah. I feel like, I don't know I don't know why this team is kind of speaking to me right now. Being like, Oh, they could go on this run. Yeah, Imagine I, like Pierce, everything hits right for them in Houston. He gets a lot of volume, right? And then Ramondre, maybe Zeke is, you know, getting some um, goal line work and things like that. But Ramondre is still Ramondre, get a lot of pass catching work. And T. Higgins just, you know, I, I, I could see it really working out. I'll give a hot take here. I would have taken Dalton Kincaid over JSN. Wow. So you don't have that much worries of the and whole tight rookie end um, tight end thing, but it's is it essentially because he's not a tight end and a slot receiver just called a tight end? It is that. It is also I don't like Gabe Davis, and I think he's trash, and they <laughs> don't have anyone else to throw the ball to. Like, Excuse me. Excuse his. me. Hollywood traded a second-round pick for Khalil Shakir. So McFaddy is Hardy, relatively right? – confident Hard. that that's that's the guy maybe 
uh, preseason didn't indicate that. I think Deontay Hardy is like the slot guy. Um, but reality is Kincaid's probably the slot guy lining out there. Um, I mean, I hate tight ends, but in like a tight end premium, he was a guy I would have taken like very highly. So let's go, Jeff. I don't know if it'll be from the start of the season, but at least like towards the end, I think his role should be should be good. Maybe I'm just not listening to to the past, and I should be um, like with Laporta and Kincaid. Just I'm getting too hyped. I feel like there's absolutely a lot of good reason because I don't know. This upcoming draft is going to be quintessential for will rookie tight ends ever make a difference, at least in fantasy, in their first season because of how many talented tight ends have come out. And it's got to feel good if you're Jeff right now. Getting stamp proof from Greg, I know his opinion carries a lot of weight in the PDL and saying he would have taken Kincaid over JSN. That's pretty hot. And I guess, obviously, I know this isn't factoring into what you're saying, Greg. I know that completely. So what I'm saying is kind of independent. But it also doesn't hurt that, you know, JSN has that little bit of injury. So he might be coming uh, limping out of the gate a little bit. I think it was like, what, like a hand-wrist injury or something like that. I think he should be fine for week one still. But, you know, being a rookie and everything and uh, missing a little bit of time is not something you want to see. But, Greg, while I have you here, I want to throw it out and just talk about the team that was ranked one spot ahead of you and took over for, we know it's Josh's team. And let's stop calling it Josh's team because this is Michael's team. The California Earthquakes, when he came in, he made a lot of changes because there wasn't a lot to really hold on to. So he kind of looked over. So if Tanish took over that uh, team that had Herbert and everything, he was like, you know what? I want to make some changes. Imagine how Michael felt. And I'm sure he felt it a lot like how you felt when you took over your team. So uh, him ranked at number 11. What are your thoughts? I think it it's fair for where the rosters are right now. I my advice for him, and I think Darren has said this like in the, the episode, or both, maybe both you said it, but like by the end of the season, as soon as teams start buying players, like right now is a bad time to sell players, but like as soon as the season starts and injuries go, like he needs to just fire sell anyone that has like Jarek McKinnon gone, Cole Hardman gone, Gallup gone, Gabe Davis gone, Juju gone, like just get rid of all of them, abandon all hope, Michael. Just you have to if you want to be rebuilding this team, you got to get rid of all hope and you got to axe these guys from your roster for like thirds, fourth, whatever you can get. Take you, you have a bunch of thirds and fourth package a fourth plus Michael Gallup for a second, or you know, just package these guys and move up in the draft. Uh, even if you don't want to acquire more draft picks because you're worried about roster crunch, like just abandon all hope, get rid of all of these guys that are over. 26 27 um so i think the ranking is fair for now but i would expect by the end of the season i'm hopefully not going to get rid of any of my players and he might be selling guys off so we might flip-flop by the end but yeah i think the ranking is is fair and to be expected given what he inherited i think josh was also 11 last year i believe Yes, you are correct, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to take advantage that you're here right now, Greg, and what advice would you have for Michael? Because the way that you tackle the in-season of a dynasty team when you kind of inherited such a trash team, which you did, Greg— you would think it sucks a lot of the enjoyment out, but you masterfully played the waivers and you're constantly flipping who you picked out for a third, for a fourth, then packaging that to make an upgrade somewhere else and really playing it. And it's and you're really attacking this season completely differently than how Darren or I would be attacking because we're playing, obviously, to win right now. So what kind of advice would you have for Michael? Because it looks like he should definitely be inspired a little bit of what you were able to do with your squad. Um. 
so I think, so I don't know if this is the right way to approach it or not, but I, if people in the league caught on, like I'm not trying to acquire a bunch of players or draft picks. I'm trying to acquire roster positions and then just churn through free agent guys like every single week. If I think a guy has a shot to, I don't know, like if a running back one gets injured and the RB2 is going to be the guy, I pick up the RB3 just in case the RB2 gets injured. Um, what I did last year for Purdy was actually, um, this is Kevin's fault that I picked up Purdy. I didn't have a clue who he was. So don't pretend like I'm smart and I know what I'm doing. I had no <laughs> clue who this guy was. And I had to work my ass off to sell Jeff Wilson for a fourth round pick. And he was like a top 24 running back last year. I could not sell him. And I finally talked Kevin into buying him for like a fourth round pick in two, two Atwell or something. And I was like, so annoyed that I'm like, all right, fuck it. Like no one in this league wants to give me anything for veterans. So I'm with that roster spot. I think I picked up Purdy because I was like, all right, well, I just need to get young guys. And I'm pretty sure Trey Lance had already gotten hurt at that point. And I saw that the, 49ers were carrying Purdy on the roster as a rookie. So I was like, okay, he must be worth something if they saw something to keep him on the roster as like a third QB as a rookie. So I was like, all right, I picked him up. And then that is history. Um, but I think also now this year, because of Purdy last year, there's probably not a lot of value to be found in the quarterbacks. Um, like you saw Tyson Baggin get picked up for like fab already. So I feel like all the rookie backups are already – kind of sniped like some, most of them got taken in the, like after the rookie draft mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but uh, i think guys like rashid shaheed i got off the waiver wires last year where i was just really like combing through any sort of yeah like reddit or different podcasts or anywhere with like just a discord there's like a couple dynasty discords you can go on and just like any names that i can think of or like i hear out there and i'm like okay he's worth a shot and then i pick him up. And then if like one or two weeks go by and he doesn't do anything, I just drop him. So basically sell these veterans for whatever you can get. Um, except that in this league, you might have to get below market value, but these guys aren't going to do anything for you anyway. Um, you know, realistically, like who's on, like, yeah, Jared McKinnon, he's 31 and Max was already trying to sell him for like all of last year and he couldn't get anything. So, so if you can get like a fourth for him or whatever, just take that. Like I know keep Drake cut says he's maybe worth more. What? I don't know, but just take whatever you can get and then use that roster spot to just churn through guys on a weekly basis and pick up whoever looks good on a given week. Um, I think if you look at my like roster transactions, I probably double up the most, uh, like the second place guy, but that's also because I have so many, open spots on my roster basically going into the season. So that was a long-winded piece of advice, but that's basically what I started doing last year. And it worked a little bit. Like I, people remember my hits, but they also don't remember all of my misses that I picked up. So that's also advice. If you just have like two successes and 45 misses, people only remember the, the two successes. So that's good. You won't have a bad reputation. Yeah, and I think you actually hit on a really great point. Although you might be really deficient in value of players or even draft picks because of what Josh ended up giving you, you have a lot of premium roster space. Like even right now, I know um, Darren was kind of pounding the table and thankfully right now he just had to drop off the podcast, but he will be coming back at the second half when we take a little bit of a break. Don't worry, no ad break. We haven't reached that part yet, Greg, but we are actually going to take a break until he does come back when we wrap up. But this is just for me to kind of say that overall. Oh my God. Sorry. 
my mic just turned off. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're here. Oh wow, I completely lost my train of thought right keep now. Going. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I'm, I'm trying to uh, keep on going, but yeah, thankfully, like uh, for Darren, him not being here, so he won't be able to fight it. He was really trying to push for an extra roster spot because all of us were kind of really growing attached to players. But Michael, you kind of find yourself in a spot where you are at a premium where you have dispendable roster spots and you could keep churning, kind of like what Greg said. So I definitely agree. I feel like there's a lot of great insight to pick up uh for what he said there for sure and it's it's really really nice to kind of see you know greg once again it's no secret that you're held to high esteem maybe it's because you know how to work uh, an excel sheet kind of like what you mentioned before but it's really nice to kind of get a little peek behind the curtains of how you're solely able to really construct a roster and now it looks like heading into the 2023 season you know uh, and just kind of based on these rankings you're gonna have a lot of top what top three, top four picks. So um, I'm sure you're feeling pretty good about that as well. Um, but because um, our fearless co-host Darren had to drop off, Greg, you're going to have to pick up a little bit more of the burden. I always like to give a little bit of shine. So I definitely need to shine a little light to this uh, additional team, the Denver Brews, always the dark horse team. Um, and I had this team kind of picked out saying this team is probably going to be my pick to probably be able to win the whole thing. Steve, he finds himself at number three, edging out uh, Darren. And I know you said the big difference was quarterback, but what are additional things that uh, really Steve brings to the table to really say, hey, wow, this is a top three team and absolutely contender to win it all? Um, actually, I I want to quickly go on a, a little branch off here because I'd like to discuss with not Tommy, but the commissioner uh, this morning or actually last night, I placed a $1 bid on a running back called Chris Brooks from BYU on the Miami Dolphins. Then my privacy was violated this morning when a certain member of our league, I don't know, let's call him Steve, used his CIA resources to tap in to my sleeper account, look at my bid, and then match it, knowing that he had waiver priority over me and thereby ensuring that he got the player for the least amount of fab possible. So I would like to know, you know, are you going to rectify this as commissioner because my privacy and the integrity of this league has been just violently destroyed this morning. You know, um, now that we are made aware, I will push this case, the FFC. Don't you worry. We will investigate this. But wow, that is okay. great Back insight to, to have. Max, Max, clip that and ship it. Put it in the chat so, so Steve knows what he did and everyone yeah. knows what Steve did. Um, but we can talk about Steve. Um, yeah, the difference for me is he clearly... I think he approaches the, his team building more from my perspective rather than Darren's. Well, I say this as a guy who's only been acquiring wide receivers, but he his running back depth might be the best in the league. If I'm, I don't have all the rosters up in front of me. I know your depth is really good. Um, I think you might have more like top end guys, but he probably has a little bit more depth. Um, so he's taking advantage of the value discrepancy, let's say, in the league between like running backs who are going to produce points on a week-to-week basis. And then he has good receivers, but he doesn't overpay for them just because the PDL values them so highly. Uh, so you, you talk about Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Pacheco, his Khalil Herbert, who I think they said was definitely like the number one guy, James Cook, people are expecting a breakout from him. Uh, Charbonnet, if your Walker goes down, but even at not, he might have some sort of role. So I think the, the running back depth there is something that separates him from sort of those like uh, I think Darren was four Mike was five like those 
teams. And I said at the beginning, like there's a clear tier break for me with that top three teams. I think it's, he's closer to you and Max than he is to Darren and Mike. And Darren's not here to defend himself. So I can say that uh, he, probably, <laughs> he won't even hear this because he won't even listen to this back. So that's great. No, he definitely won't. I'll have no idea unless Max clips it. I guarantee it. Yeah, Anything so, that we say right now is kind of that ambiguous zone that we could say without any judgment from Darren. Yeah. So I think he, he noticed maybe not necessarily like the value of running backs overall, but the value in the PDL and how they're devalued and took advantage of that. And then also on top of that acquired, you know, Terry McLaurin and Aaron Jones this off season for picks. So he's, he's not in like just a win now mode, but he has like a good mix of veterans and young players. So I think he's definitely in that top tier. And if I was picking one team other than you or Max, it would probably be him, especially with Mahomes. Like Mahomes gives you such a good baseline in Superflex that it's just like rock solid. No matter what the rest of his quarterback room looks like, Mahomes is going to give you 30 points a week. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why I I don't know how many weeks ago it has been now that I kind of claim Steve as like the dark horse who I think is going to win. But that's not a hot take whatsoever because he is a top three team. And uh, this is a team that uh, I've always been scared of ever since the start because this was that one super team managed by Danny and Chuck. And I always have to look over my shoulder to ensure and see uh, kind of what's going on over there. But with that being said, now we're looking at the top two. Let's talk about the Murphy Street Empire, mostly because, Greg, has there been any other owner outside Max that had a worse offseason up to this point? I, I really start to feel for the guy because I feel like anytime something negative happens, um, there's a very good chance it comes out of Murphy Street Empire. Uh, well, the, they, the NFL announced they're not going to press any charges for levying any suspension for the Tyreek Hill, like, I did see that. So that's some guy that, on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a win. And we take those over a Murphy street because I know there are, they are far, a few and far between, but obviously we all be, um, know what's going on with the Jonathan Taylor thing. Um, do you read that as more of like a hold in? I, I don't know what's going on in there. Like Max, I, I was going back and forth with Max. Well, okay. We're recording this on Friday, but so it was a couple days ago now, maybe like Wednesday. I don't know when this is going out, but we were discussing the Jonathan Taylor thing. Um, I don't know. Like it feels different than other contract disputes. Um, I, to me, I don't know what's worse. Like if they decided to hold him out because it seems like a stupid decision for the Colts to hold him out uh, and put him on the pup, uh, if he's not actually injured, but if he is actually injured and that's not really being reported and that's kind of like masked behind the contract dispute, that's mm-hmm. maybe a bigger concern for me. Um, so like my question is, would he actually pass a physical right now? Like if he was to take one and I don't know that we'll, if either side would give us an honest answer on that. So that's a little bit concerning for me. Um, if he's still having issues with his ankle, uh, but I, I'm not going to say one way or another, what I think is going to happen. Cause I'll probably look stupid. Um, but I do think it is gone personal for both sides, but I don't think it's beyond mending. I think he could probably come back to, the Colts halfway through the season, but I don't know that Ursay wants to pay him the money that he wants. So I don't know. I still think the most likely scenario is he's traded at some point before the deadline. I don't know. There were teams like willing to give something for him. I don't know if Ursay will change his mind and then be willing to take less for him, but it's certainly, it feels more, I said this in the chat, it feels more like the Le'Veon Bell situation 
than the Elijah Moore situation. Like it's not Mm -hmm. a playing time thing. It feels personal to me. I was saying like, I don't think he's a buy because I don't think people who have him are willing to sell him. Like in Max's mind, I don't think Taylor really lost that much value. He's still Jonathan Taylor. He's still highly skilled. He's still young. One of the top dynasty running backs. And I don't think he's a sell because yeah, I mean, tomorrow if he signs the contract and you sold him today for a first, you look really stupid. So I feel like he's just firmly in that kind of just hold on and hope, but it certainly doesn't help his running back room, especially given like, I don't have a lot of faith in Rashad white, or at least he's not very proven. And that's, I think his running back too. Now, I don't know if you want to say Mixon is his running back too. Um, but it definitely hurts him if we're talking about going head to head with you, but I don't think any of that stuff matters until we're in the fantasy playoffs. Like I think it's a, unless some, act of God hits you or Max's team and just decimates you. I don't, I think both of you are probably locks for the playoffs. So that's when it matters. So if JT's not back by week, when's our playoffs start 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he's not back by then, then I have some concerns, but for now, I guess I'm just keeping an eye on the situation. I definitely don't feel good about it. So I don't know. I, I think it's brave of Max to like go out and acquire more shares of him. I would say that like if I had shares, of him, I want to hold them. But I don't know that I would be personally willing to take on that sort of uncertainty just as a Steelers fan who lived through all of the Le'Veon Bell stuff. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm also definitely in agreement when you said that this doesn't really impact him too much now. We just have to kind of keep an eye on it because it's just playoff time. That's all you really need to worry. If Once you punch your ticket in, anything can happen. And if he has 100% Jonathan Taylor in the playoffs, we're not talking about this anymore, which is a lot of the same reason why... Uh, before a lot of the Alvin Kamara news came out, everyone was kind of speculating like six to eight games, things like that. It eventually, was four. But to me, even even if it was like eight, to me, I didn't care because I was like, I, I still think I can make the playoffs, and I still think at that time, Kamara, as long as he is playing, he will be at a minimum maybe a flex starter for me, and that's very valuable. And I'm not just gonna give him away for like a second or a third right now because that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, not that I was getting those offers, but that's kind of like the internal monologue that I had. But let's talk about a little bit more positive things for Murphy Street Empire. They do find themselves at number two, which is obviously, um, you know, one of the highest praises that you can get. Uh, but also with this. Joe Mixon had a lot of things that happened off season where it could have headed down a bad alley. But luckily, for for what it seems right now, it looks like everything is good. Should still get the volume. They don't even have much of backup. He was able to uh, get Chris Evans. So he kind of has that backfield locked. And additional good news, we have to talk about it. He has Travis Kelsey. The absolute cheat code that almost won Dubrovnik Dragons a championship. And now he goes to a team that, um, and I don't mean any disrespect to uh, Brett because I think he would agree with me, a much more talented team. And now you surround a cheat code like Travis Kelsey, you can make an argument he should still be number one, right? I thought Chris Evans was the cheat code. <laughs> he was, yep. Absolutely. That's why uh, Max had to do everything to be able to get him on his roster, but... Honestly, yeah. Murphy's your empire getting Travis Kelsey. You should make the argument. This should be the number one team. I think, I don't know. It, it's definitely close. I think Christian McCaffrey in the tight end, he's outscored him at the tight end position, like 100 yeah. points more than whoever was number two. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that's a huge positional advantage for him and gives him undisputed. And I mean, he also has pits. So don't forget, I mean, I exactly. ran on pits last year, but at some point he has to be good, right? <laughs> You can't just keep 
being bad. Well, he doesn't I have think, Marcus Mariota as half of his quarterback. Yeah, hopefully, but did you see the, Ritter, so, the throw like Ritter threw it behind him, and he had to like adjust. Yeah, and then that was bad. Couldn't run after the tackle. So I I don't have a lot of faith in Desmond Ritter, but um, he's probably better at throwing the ball than Mariota. Probably. Oh, he one hundred percent is at least uh, right now know. in their careers. Okay. Well, yeah. Either way, I I think also I said it the the. When he made the trade, I was like, the main benefit here is that he doesn't have to play Kyle Pitts anymore because he had to start Kyle Pitts like every week last year because he felt like he had to, even though didn't he have Conklin or something? And Conklin was like outscoring Pitts. Yeah, you, you showed him up to this week. Yeah. You're like, he was the right move the past I'm three sorry, weeks Max. and you didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, um, no, but that's chart. absolutely true. But the crazy part is he literally filled his biggest weakness on his roster and he had a very strong, it was the only weakness and he got the best possible player of the past like three four years for that position he has no signs of showing uh slowing down so we can't be like oh well what if he gets no you can say that about anyone it's travis kelsey man so to me uh and i'll be honest i put max as number one not to be humble or anything but it's it's a travis I, i really don't think people understand the positional advantage that Travis Kelsey gives you. Like I said, once again, no disrespect to Brett, but he almost won the entire league. Yes, he had Josh Jacobs. Yes, he had um Goff and Kirk Cousins that do well, but it was Travis Kelsey that was the ace up his sleeve that was able to drag that team all the way up to where it was. And now he's with Max. So whenever all these bad things start to happen with, oh, is he going to have Joe Mixon? Oh, now he doesn't have JT. What's going to happen? I'm like, Honestly, Travis Kelsey is so big of a... Oh, and also, he got Eckler. Let's not forget about that. Uh, with this uh, yep. Moore offense that we're going to see. And everyone, and I think you and I are both in agreement that Herbert's going to probably jump back up to where he honestly believe, uh, should have been as a top three dynasty asset overall. But that's not here nor there. But he got Eckler as well. So I feel like Kelsey is such a big advantage that he really fixes anything around you. And there's not much to fix in the Murphy Street Empire. And um, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe I'm being Chase, a little bit dramatic right now, but the, I don't know. The Kelsey advantage, is just, it's so big. I, I, I still can't help but put Max's team at number one, even with the question with Jonathan Taylor. I think that's how good Max's team is. I think Chase is... I, I want to see Chase get back to where he was. Like He was only wide receiver 12 last year, which... I mean, I know he was dealing with injuries and stuff, but that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't score yeah, points like when you're injured. injury and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think if he gets to the level of where he's valued and where he's going in redraft and in dynasty drafts and things like that, that's also a cheat code because that's something he has over you. I mean, you have Cup now, um, but like wait, he re injured his hamstring or something like that yesterday Mm -hmm. yep flaring back up week one in question but my hope once again is i don't care just be goodbye you know week 13 14 but who knows this could be a lingering thing that keeps coming up too and i don't even know about stafford but this isn't about me about max but i just think chase like underperformed last year so that was sort of a gap where he'll perform to his usual standard i think was that his highest season yeah by like no okay he had one season where he scored four more points than that but um, if he if Hill keeps performing to that standard and then Chase performs to where we know he can be and he's healthy, then he probably has the best tight end and wide receiver room in the league. Like I don't like Cooper, but I think he's undervalued now at this point. Like he's not sexy anymore because he's just been around for so long and he's just sort of consistently good. Um, and it my man, well, Darren's not here anymore, but you know Hill Cooper probably goes as Sean Watson goes. 
Um, he was pretty good with Brissett last year. I was going to say. And then when uh, Watson came in, I, I feel like he did terrible. Yeah, he. I think he had one game. Let me look at his log quick. Yeah, he had one game with two touchdowns. But then other than that, it was pretty quiet, and it wasn't as good as the first half of the year. So he needs to build some kind of rapport with, with Watson. But I think tight end and wide receiver are definitely the strength of his team. Um, and, yeah, I think between the two of you, it's just who gets to the playoffs healthy or healthier. I mean, you're not all going to get there healthy, but that that's what's important for you guys. I think the beginning part of the season doesn't really matter. Like he should be rooting like Justin Fields, like take a couple weeks off here and there just to stay healthy and get to week 13 for the fantasy playoffs, get in there nice and healthy. Um, so yeah, I think really it's a coin flip at the top. I can make arguments for either one of you guys. Um, but yeah, I think second is fair. First is fair. I, I wouldn't really split much of the difference between you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Don't have to spend any uh, much more time talking about my team as it is. Once again, it shows you the strength of Max and how he's built that team. It's going through a lot of, uh, let's say, off-season drama, and yet they're still ranked at number two. It really shows you the strength. Uh, I put him at number one, uh, and one more other owner put him at number one as well. So I was not alone. So there were only two? Yeah, there was only two. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more. But Maybe it's because you made the last big move, and that's sort of what people, people like. You got Cup most recently, I think, right? And Andrews, maybe both. Maybe you made both those moves since he's made a big move. So maybe that's mm-hmm. like coloring people's opinion. And they're like, "Oh, Tommy was good, but then he got Cup and Andrews recently." Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I wonder if that plays into it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and once again, the fantasy season never, ever goes the way we expect. We could see that every single time when we have this show and then when we have the reflection show after the season, we compare how our preseason ranking went with. Uh, but Greg, I really appreciate you jumping on this first half. I know you're going to come join with us for the second half as well when uh, Darren is here. So this is going to be a mega episode. So we're going to take a little quick break right now. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. So McFaddy's sound guy didn't get his uh, legit football promo into us on time, so I just went ahead and made one for him. So without further ado, this is what happens when a sleep-deprived Tommy has too much time on his hands on Labor Day weekend. So uh, enjoy, everyone. Hey there, folks. Listen up. Do you know what's absolutely bananas? Football news. That's what... Because we've got legit football, your golden ticket to a less insane world of football updates. Picture this, one email a day, that's right, just one. Can you believe it? It's like a unicorn of newsletters. Legit football, where we make you feel like a football genius without the effort of being one. But then you start to wonder, am I really a football genius? What if someone asks me to analyze a zone defense? Oh, God. Suddenly, you're at a party and everyone's talking touchdowns, Hail Marys, and tight ends. You're just nodding like, yeah, totally. Trey Lance was a total bust. (laughs) Now you're starting to sweat because you didn't even know that was a punchline because now you're just repeating some headlines that was on legit football to sound smart in front of your football friends. And then suddenly someone comes up to you and Bill is like, yeah, so what do you think about the cover two defense? And you're like, oh, cover two. That's, uh, it covers two, right? 
I'm ruined! Legit football! Now I have to pretend to be a football genius forever! Now, you've become the sports guy at work because everyone thinks you're so smart and you've become prisoner to legit football because you just don't have enough time to keep up with a copious amount of football knowledge because you've been covering extra duties at work ever since they fired Donna, but like you're taking on all this extra responsibility, but the compensation really haven't equaled out yet, but it's okay because now you've become so popular because everyone thinks you're a football guru because of legit football and it makes you feel like the only Asian kid in an inner city math competition? Subscribe at legitfootball.com and join me in this never-ending avalanche of football knowledge and you too can pretend to be a football genius. And welcome back. And if uh, past Tommy or I should say future Tommy at this point, wasn't lazy. You guys just heard our uh, new ad break. And uh, Darren, if I actually followed through, what a great ad by Legit Football, huh? Yeah, I know. I mean, you got to get it happen now because, uh, I mean, it's going to be... That sponsorship. The, Let's the go. sponsor we have. <laughs> By sponsor, we lot. just give them free airtime as a yes. meme for our league. <laughs> it'd be a lot funnier without it now. If it ever actually, gets going... <laughs> Actually, the bit would be funnier if we just keep pretending that we did add a legit football ad break, and then we just come back with just nothing, and we're just talking about a fake ad that was never added in there to begin with. (laughs) Kind of like what Greg's saying. That would be even better. But I I think I'll pull through. But regardless, welcome back, guys. Darren, thanks for joining me. Greg, thanks for joining me on this uh, special pod. It's like like I was kind of mentioning, this is kind of like the pilot pod heading into this season. And it's crazy because now we're about to make some predictions. But before we do, in between the break... The trade went down there. What happened, man? Um, so Max sent his beloved Darnell Mooney to Welch, his good friend for Alexander Madison. Wow. A little convenient that Murphy Street Empire finds themselves with, uh, you know, picking up a starting running back after, you know, a little bit of the mystery coming out with Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, it's no mystery. He's going to miss, what, the first three, four weeks. So uh, it's nice that they are able to pick up, uh, like I said, a starting running back. So I know I have both of you here. And before I throw it to Greg, let me actually give it to you first there. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Um, so I think it's like a, it's a bit of a hometown discount. I think again, the, you know, like a little uh, Derek Carr situation, the Oregon yeah. pipeline. Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, I think I personally would uh, rather just have like a third than Darnell Mooney at this point in his career. I know Max is hyping him up in the chat and everything, saying that he thinks big things are to come. But um, I think that we'd have to see a big leap for Justin Fields for him to be able to support DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, all those guys. So. I was going to say they uh, just paid Cole Komet. Yeah, so I, I mean, I personally, like, I know that Cole Komet's like, uh, you you both think he's, like, pretty meh, but I think that I could see him being the number two That's target. That's giving him too much credit, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's big. He's big and he's strong, and he is going to be on the field all the time, and he makes a lot of money. Well, when he goes for world's strongest man, I'll be interested. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, but kind of yeah, like what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, but kind of like what they, uh, you're saying, I was a little bit confused only because um, the timing. Yeah, yeah, the timing. I thought if I was Welch, I would hold Madison uh, probably week one. Would any of us be surprised if he got you know like 
17 to 20 touches and he goes over for 100 all-purpose yards. Absolutely not, right? And that could probably inflate his fantasy value where, you know, running backs, very needy market. But not just that. I was a little bit confused because it was for Darnell Mooney and no draft picks or anything like that because I was just looking over his roster. Devonta Smith, Drake London, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley. Like, uh, what is Darnell Mooney doing to, for this roster, right? And Madison was obviously uh, a starter for sure, and I understand Welch might not want to win many games, but I don't know. I think value-wise, he could have gotten much more, and uh, I did too much talking. Greg, let me throw it over to you, because uh, all too often, people think this is a buddy-buddy show, and Darren and I are uh, all too often having the sh- uh, same point of view. Uh, but Greg, what do you think? I think this trade is about one player, and his name is Drake May. Because I think Welch listened to the podcast that came out now four days ago, three days ago, and he saw that he wasn't in 10th place. And he's like, oh, shit, I need to shed some points right now. I'm going to score too many points, and I'm not going to get the third pick in the draft. So I think he just wanted to get rid of Madison. I mean, I don't particularly think either one of them is – good but madison has a better situation but if you want to make the argument of darnell mooney long term is better because he might go somewhere after next season um alexander madison might be like a one season wonder but i agree like i value wise you could get more so the 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 i guess my actual impression of the trade is when it happened i googled if like leonard fournette had signed with the vikings or something because i thought like something had happened that had lowered madison's value to that point um, wow and you said darren like justin fields would need to take a big leap to support dj moore and darnell mooney and cole Kmet. like i think he would take he need to take a big leap to support one of them as a receiver so i think the shot of him even having like 600 yards is probably not very good so i don't think highly of either of them but i think madison is at least in a better situation and like I said in the chat, it's it's like retreads here because both of these guys have been traded three times this offseason, which <laughs> I don't know if that's a record, but that seems like a lot for one offseason to have these guys just keep being recycled. So I don't know if people really like them or people really dislike them. But yeah, I, I completely something. agree. It's it's not like we're talking about superstars exchanging hands or anything like that, but it is a little bit questionable of the timing. And I think that's the thing that's a little bit sus because once again, on paper, it definitely looks like Madison should definitely deliver a lot more points. And um, I don't know. We, we've seen this before. It feels like Derek Carr might have gone for a little bit of a discount, or maybe a little bit discount here, but it's not fair to say that uh, there was any discount here if no one was going for Madison. Um, but for me, I think it was a little bit more of a shock for me because I thought that Madison, I, I, Welch just got uh, Madison earlier this offseason, kind of like what you just said, Greg. So I thought um, Welch was looking forward to winning some games, being a little bit competitive, but you're absolutely right. Maybe he did see, uh, you know, the power of the podcast, the power of the preseason rankings of the projects that we do that really helps influence uh, some of the storylines. So that is another really interesting wrinkle to see. Uh, but yeah, just like we said, every single trade, we will give it its due. I think we did maybe miss one or two trades. And unfortunately, I think it always did involve Greg, but I'm sorry. We are going to try to give every trade their due. But before further ado, Week one is here, boys. The matchups are juicy. Um, figuring out the game of the week was actually really, really tough. It came down to two uh, games, and that's how close it is. 
Uh, and in my head, at least, there's two Game of the Week. So I'm really, really excited to get there. But before we do, let's talk about some other games up at the top. And Greg, since you're here, Austrian Oaks, that's you, versus uh, our good friend, Mikey, who you made a uh, nice little poem for. Uh, but before I throw it um, over to, I guess, Darren first, because, you know, who wants to talk about their own game? Does anyone call you Greggy? Uh, my best friend's wife does, I guess. Huh. Gotcha. Just, I was just wondering, just off the top. Oh, I'm just trying ask. to think of some nicknames and things like that. Just trying to see what I'm throwing out there, especially when I'm potting and whatnot. But we'll see. And it's, you Greg know, Darren is, is just Darren. I can't really give him a nickname. I feel like. You call him Dare. Dare. Yeah, yeah, I do call him Dare. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But sorry. Dare, let's throw it over to you. Um, I'm sorry, but I feel like uh, this is one of the easier games to break down, which is why it's up at the top. But I guess when I throw it over to you, maybe speak to me a little bit of, I guess, the hope and direction that Mike looks like he's going for this season. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that Mike should be in the playoffs this year. I think he should. Um, But as we talked about, if things kind of start to go off the rails, he might just roll with the punches and then just not, not do anything to fix any of his holes if players get hurt or anything so kind of like power down like you guys did last year right like you guys start to lose a couple and instead of trying to move assets around you're like nope which last year i was actually surprised that he didn't like try and win more because i had his first so i thought that mike being that he is similar to me in ways he would have been spiteful and been like you know what i'm gonna buy james connor and some old dudes and i'm just gonna win games because fuck darren um, because I probably would have did that, but I mean, he just was like, you know, I'm just going to just not do much and just keep, keep going and keep the picks I have. And just, he, so I, I mean, if he didn't do it last year, he's probably not going to do it, but you know, people change. You never know. Um, I think he'll at least start out with a win though, for sure. I was going to say starting one and no makes a big difference in your confidence. Yeah. I don't know why. I feel like it's outside of a playoff game. It's one of the most important games because starting oh and one. Oh my God. Now you're looking to waivers. You're like, Oh my God, where did I go wrong? Did someone get hurt? Uh, and you just get so upset. But starting one and no is going to feel really, really good. I'm sorry, Greg. We haven't picked you, but uh, what do you have to say for this matchup? Are you excited? I want to paint a picture here. All right. Justin <laughs> Herbert. Oh boy. New Kellenmore offense. Oh my. He's going to drop 75. Oh, Deuce 40. Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn running back two. Catches <laughs> he a couple more touchdowns. He catches a couple touchdowns. You know, runs him in. Oh, scurries, a couple. Scurries him in. Scurries him in. Offensive a rookie of the year candidate already. Bateman comes back. Wide receiver one. Right out the jump. Got that chemistry oh, a Lamar with Lamar. Okay. I like yeah. this. Cooper Cup out week one. Van Jefferson. Wide receiver one. That defense sucks. He's going to drop at least 30. Alec Pierce, deep ball connection with A. Rich, you know, Reed over the uh, the middle slot target in uh, Green Bay, and Josh Dobbs, the pastor not, you know, he, they, <laughs> they, they they didn't expect him. They, they weren't game planning for him, so he could drop, you know, 20, 25. You are, you are actually projected to score 80 points. Like, that is much for more For me, that's I like expected. quadruple my normal. So, yeah, I'm on cloud nine here, and I'm just saying, I'm not going to win, but if I did, I, I think Mike's tilt would make what I did last year just look like a completely <laughs> sane day at the office. All I'm going to say is I was on board until he said the whole Cooper Cup thing because I traded a lot to get him on my team. But for the sake of this, I would absolutely be okay if Cooper Cup just said, you know what, uh, I'm not playing week one. And I'd be like, you know what, if this means Van Jefferson could be wide receiver one to help Greg, 
pull <laughs> off this upset. Darren, would what would our podcast episode be the next time? Because so many changes would have happened in the uh, PDL because it would be as if like an asteroid hit. I mean, essentially the that, PDL. If that happens, you know, Mike is trading away Najee. He's trading away uh, Cam Akers. He's gone. And basically, anyone that's over the age of twenty-four, they're. they're <laughs> He's going to end up having, like, seven firsts again, but then only <laughs> essentially roster and just, like, Waddle, Jefferson, and Josh Allen. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I didn't even I didn't even talk about Logan Thomas bringing up that he's the new Kelsey. Oh, in, no. Oh, my goodness, goodness. no. So, too ooh. far. No, this is – no, Too far. You There was a line, and then you cross it. But unfortunately, it looks like we're both in agreement here. And like I said, this year specifically, we are going to – um, keep track of everyone's guesses. And uh, Darren, I don't, I, I didn't run it by you, but I think my wager is at the end of the season, uh, between you and I, whoever uh, has more correct, has the winner or the loser has to buy the winner uh, lunch, a nice little uh, Venmo gift card. Or not Venmo, sorry, DoorDash. What am I talking about? Where, where are we talking lunch to? <laughs> oh no, I, I was just thinking like a twenty-five dollar gift card to DoorDash, so then you could just don't even have to go with them. Guess Going the with them is the punishment. Thing. That would actually be a pretty big punishment. That would actually be freaking hilarious. What was it? I anyway? see Darren once every like ten years. <laughs> so you're I'm just not awkward, even you're awkward in person now. Yeah, we're just gonna be like, "Hey, dude, what do I do with my hands?" Do you guys hug? No, that'd be weird, man. Yeah, or men. No, nah, no. Nah, if I saw Darren, I would definitely hug him. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm a hugger. <laughs> but anyway. Um, what, one more thing I want to add before we get to the next game. Um, typically on the show docs, when you're covering your own game, um, you don't make a guess. Uh, but Greg picked Mike in his own matchup, even though he didn't have to put a uh, guess in here, which I thought I was hilarious. Well, I, um, I, if you're recording these, I, I want to be correct. <laughs> yeah, Greg's going to follow. Along. He's like, dude, I got better than both of you. You both buy me lunch, uh, which actually would be fair. So if everyone wants to follow along too, I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. But um, I don't know if there's going to be integrity in that. People are going to be like, oh, no, I said this. But anyway, we're going to track and I'm going to put at the very uh, top of our show docs where we follow along with all the predictions. And we'll probably recap as the season goes. But regardless, all of us unanimously picked uh, Mike winning this one. So starting one to know, that's going to feel really good. No tilt or volcanic eruptions coming to the PDL, which sounds great. So let's quickly jump over to the next game. Uh, my team, Delco Dreamers versus Michael, rookie, making his debut to the PDL, the California Earthquakes. And uh, Darren, I kind of throw it over to you so you could host this uh, little segment here. Um, I mean, I don't really know what to say here, but uh, good luck to Michael because you – I mean, Greg, you kind of made a case of how you can win. I have no idea how Michael possibly has a chance to win this game. Um, CJ Stroud needs to play like prime Aaron Rodgers in order to for that to happen. Samaj P. Ryan, Jay, like he does have like players that could put up points, like more so than your case, Greg. But I just don't, I just don't see how he overcomes the Goliath that is Tommy. I just don't, I just don't see it. He's projected to have less of a chance to win than I am somehow. I get, okay, it's just because Tommy's projected to have more points than Mike. Yeah. <laughs> He's got seven seven more points than me. Yeah, Tommy's projected to score the most points in the league. So, you know, good luck to Michael. And yeah. so that's why I said if uh, – you know, it, it, I actually – and this is the most arrogant thing ever said, so if all of you guys hate me for this statement, that's completely valid. But at this point – 
because I am facing Michael and the point advantage that's projected, I almost prefer Cooper Cup to just not play week one because I know how this soft tissue hamstring injury goes. Just be like, dude, just shut down for like two, three weeks. It's fine. Just don't even try. It's all right, dude. Just just kind of act like you're uh, for even four or five weeks. I don't care. Just do not try to sprint anymore, make cuts until you know you're fine instead of this whole, oh, he's questionable. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to start him. And then he's going to be like, oh, you know, he tweeted again first quarter. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm done. But anyway, I'm assuming you guys unanimously pick me for at least the predictions. Uh, that's fair. And so let's just continue on. Don't need to waste much time on that one. Uh, the Dallas Drip versus the Boulder Bears. Tanish making his debut as well. So I'm really excited to see how this one is going to go. So Darren, let me first throw it over to you because right now, uh, I guess the storyline that we'll run with is the Dallas Drip. It's been kind of well documented. One of the first um, rebuilds in PDL history, and I think it's safe to say it's been rebuilding for a little bit now, and we thought it was all coming to uh, fruition, and it looks like, uh, well, I put in my prediction before this Madison trade went off, so to me, uh, some red flags are going, making me think that there's a mini fire sale that could be happening in Dallas, and I'm just missing out because I'm recording this pod, Um, but with that being said, Darren, uh, what is your thought on the direction that Welch is going? Do you think Greg is right, um, that this is a little bit reactionary after seeing where he placed? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I think that Greg is spot on there. Um, Welch is like, man, I got these mid running backs that are going to score just enough points for me to like possibly make the playoffs. And I don't think he wants that. So I think that he is going to try his best to trade Brian Robinson before the season starts as well. Um, but even then, I still kind of think that he wins this game just because Tanish also has no running backs. So I think that it's going to be tight, though. Like, if he's able to trade Brian Robinson, then Tanish definitely has a shot. But as of right now, I think that Welch likely wins. But also, I think that Brian Robinson is gone before next Thursday. I completely agree. I have Welch picked because it's very difficult for me to see uh, Tanish pull off a victory with the running backs that he has, which are essentially non-existent. But I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I almost want to put an asterisk and just pivot over to Tanish because I do feel like Dallas's team is going to change. So you know what? On air, pivot. Let's just get a little bit of fun here. I am going to go with Tanish. Boulder Bears are going to pull it off. Um, and Greg, I'm going to throw it over to you. Now let's talk about Tanish now. Uh, the Boulder Bears making that debut and something that we we're kind of talking about. If Tanish didn't change anything, and I know we talked about at the top of the show, uh, he kind of would have been able to just kind of cruise right into the playoffs, but he definitely wants to make his own identity. So do you think um, he's looking forward to a handful of wins this year or is he just kind of just along for the ride i guess he's just gonna see what happens and if he makes the playoffs great if he doesn't make the playoffs i don't think he's gonna be upset about it um this week i have him winning though because i think like welch's team's a little bit more questionable like calvin ridley's coming back he hasn't played in a couple years bryce young still a rookie playing his first nfl game judy's carrying an injury london mm -hmm, has ritter mm -hmm. Um, Brees Hall's coming off an injury, so I don't know. I feel like Tanish's team might not end the year better than Welch. I don't know. They're probably going to be pretty close, but I think at least to start the year, his team's more solidified, let's say. Like Burrow, we know who he is. Mostert's probably going to be the starting running back and get a lot of volume in week one at least. Like 
Amon Ra's the target hog. Ayuk's good. Fryermuth, Zay Flowers. So not a lot of like changes, let's say. Uh, other than the JSN injury, I guess, but you know that maybe cancels out with the Judy injury. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, really excited to kind of see the direction that they go. I know Tanish is going to feel great if he's going to be able to win his debut into the league. So that's going to be huge. I'm sure that he's going to be looking forward to that. And so, yeah, let's just jump into the next game. The Denver Brews and Steve versus the Wichita Whirlwind and Jeff, of course. So actually, let me stick with you here, Greg. It's no secret that, obviously, if you just look at the power rankings that were unveiled, the Denver Brews, ranked as highly as number three, has that advantage over the number six ranked Wichita Whirlwind. Do you think it's that straightforward? I would say, sorry, Jeff, but I think Steve is better at every position. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, flex, all of his players look better to me than Jeff's right now. Um, and I even mentioned, like, I think... Steve is in that tier with he's closer to you and Max than he is to the rest of the field. So I expect him to start off the season um, with a pretty big winning streak. And I think last year he also started off like, was he undefeated for a while? I don't remember. Yeah, he had the second, he was tied. There was what, two, three owners tied with the second best record in the league, right? Yeah, okay. I think he, yeah. He I think he had like 11 wins or something like that. He, he yeah, had okay. a crazy amount of wins. Yeah, maybe he wasn't undefeated, but he had a lot of wins, yeah. So I expect him to continue that. Yeah, I completely agree. How about you, uh, Darren? Do you think it's that straightforward? It looks like um, the Brews are just going to come out strong again. Um, Yeah, I I agree with Greg. I looked at the matchup, and I think that everywhere he is better, Um, at least for week one. Like, I think there's a scenario where Ramondre outscores Aaron Jones, but, like, on paper, like most, like obviously Pat Mahomes or Tua, or who you can take or take Pat Mahomes. But I think like everywhere, except for like Michael Thomas, like that's a little bit of a weak spot. But everywhere else, it's like he's he's. I would prefer Steve's side. So I think that he's probably going to win this one. I'm not saying there isn't a realm of possibility where Jeff could pull this out because his Ooh, starting enough that you might want to pivot here or uh, you, you okay? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go. No. <laughs> Steve's team there. That's a bait. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was bait. Yeah, I wanted to see him do it. Because, hey, I pivoted one, so maybe, I don't know, coward, whatever. <laughs> no, no. All right. <laughs> I'm going to jump over to the contender. There were two games that were contending for game of the week, and this one eventually kind of fell short. And I guess that's kind of the theme, because I guess I, they were disrespected. It's the Hollywood Hustle, owned by McFaddy and the Dubrovnik Dragons. Uh, your rival, Darren, in Brett. This one has a lot of storylines, obviously. Both of them close confidants, right? Close friends. They're allies. They both uh, co-host a disrespected, I guess, a rivaling podcast of our own. So uh, as much as I want to throw it over to Greggy, I'm going to throw it over to you, Dare. It's, uh, it's, I guess, your two worst enemies, and now they're kind of battling out. So I guess you're kind of sitting, eating some popcorn, just kind of uh, seeing this, because this is probably going to be the most respectful back and forth ever, right? There's going to be zero trash talk uh, amongst these owners. Or will it be the most disrespectful or the most disrespected matchup? You think there's, oh, imagine if a spinoff <laughs> podcast comes off of, like, this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be, like, a pretty close game. Like, they're literally projected within one point of each other. Um, but I just, for me, in my head, Brian's lack of any decent wide receivers is the 
deal breaker there for me. Uh, I just don't see how he can like over, like obviously Alan Lazard, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Romeo Dubs, like they could all catch like, you know, 40 yard bombs for touchdowns or something like that. And like, they could all have nice days, but I wouldn't like count on any of these guys, like and be, be confident in them. So I think that I will probably just go with Brett because he has like more stability like Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, we were talking about earlier. They're they're stable, you know. They're like they're like the guys that you marry. Like they're they're really like you know they're predictable. You know what you're gonna get. Um, <laughs> so I think that like I I just for the this game like maybe later on in the season. I mean it's still possible. There's still time that Brian could like add some dudes before the season starts, and then that just could totally flip. But as of right now, I'm gonna go with Brett by a hair. And. I feel like that is one of the nicest things you've ever said about Brett on air. So I feel like Brett is feeling a lot of kind of ways right now. He's really, really confused. But let me throw it over to Greg, of course, and see, because um, he's going to come at with uh, a different perspective or at least a fresher perspective, because I know uh, McFaddy and Brett are probably so tired of us being so, I guess, rude to them. I feel like more disrespectful, but Greg is going to come in with a point of view that is hopefully different from ours, but what do you think of this matchup? It was in contentions of game of the week. Do you think it's going to be as close as uh, the scores indicate? Well, I guess I have to disrespect one of them by picking another one. Um, But yeah, I think, so I think this game will be closer than the game of the week if I had to guess. Um, I just think that probably Brett's team, like Darren said, is a bit more stable. So I have questions with Brian's team, like he kind of picked risky guys, or not really risky guys, but like Bijan Robinson, what's his role? Like, is he going to, like, what snap share is he going to get? Tony Pollard, same thing without Zeke there. Romeo Dubs, like, is he actually the wide receiver too? Like, how many targets is he going to get? Lazard, like, there's just a lot of question marks, so he could definitely win, but I also think it's up in the air. Like, he, he's definitely more volatile, whereas Brett. I think a lot of his guys are in pretty similar positions that they were last year, so they're just a lot easier to predict at this point in the offseason. Yeah, I think I would definitely have to agree, um, if, especially if you look at the projections, kind of like what Darren said. It's literally right down the middle. They're within a point of each other, so it's 50-50. So if you even look at the predictions, these two might feel disrespected that they weren't picked for the game of the week, saying, oh my gosh, of course, there's always a narrative. But I think to me, game of the week, um, they're... It, it takes a lot. It's not just how close it is. It's all the storylines. And at the end of the day, I don't want the game of the week to be me watching a matchup of, oh my gosh, how many points did Donovan Peoples-Jones have comparatively to um, Brandon Cooks or something like that, or Tyler Higby. Because um, then it kind of gets a little bit messy. But I would have to agree, because this is so close, I kind of definitely had the thought process of Darren. I can't really pick Brian's team just because of the wide receivers he's kind of fielding out there. And especially if it's this close, if it's almost a coin flip, you kind of have to go with your boys. And, uh, you know, Brett's my boy. I have to go with him. Sorry, nothing against you, McFatty, but um, Brett knows he's one of my boys, so I have to side with him. So unanimously, all three of us going with the Dragons, that's interesting, especially because of how close this seems. I thought, if anything, this one would have uh, one of us differing. So is that a little bit of a surprise to you, Darren? Um, yeah, actually, because I think it's so close that I think that someone totally could have picked Brian, but I just think that as unappealing as his wide receivers look, it just, you know, all of us are just like, eh, can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I totally see that. So I guess that only leaves 
one more game and it is the game of the week and i guess we're kind of doing mcfatty a little bit of a favor because if we did highlight their game as a game of the week that's an automatic loss for mcfatty because um brett just wins every single time when he's highlighted as the game of the week because he's mr prime time so we're giving him a shot so instead we're highlighting your game darren it is the carolina thunder versus the murphy street empire and let me at least explain because i was the one who just actually selected this usually darren and i kind of go back and forth and then we select but i just wanted to pick this one because i couldn't help myself the storylines here are unbelievable it's the murphy street empire who just had a historic arms race this offseason to continually add which results in Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, and obviously now Alexander Madison Plus. And he's getting ready to kind of stop me from my attempts at establishing a dynasty, but he had a tumultuous offseason with obviously so many mishaps from the Tyree Kill things, Joe Mixon things, and now JT things. It's nonstop for this guy. So it's almost like a false start. But now we have you, Darren, coming into the picture, had, uh, sorry, bud, one of the most disappointing seasons. We had a lot of high hopes. You were what, ranked uh, number three, I believe, in the preseason rankings last year? You were in the top three? Um, uh, eventually, you were unable to walk the walk. And so now this season, you're wanting to start off. And we even talked at um, when we were talking about Mike's uh, breakdown against Greg. Starting 1-0 makes such a difference comparatively to 0-1. And you might have a shot here because it looks like Max is limping out of the gates because he will not have Jonathan Taylor services. Uh, Kyler Murray's obviously out as well. It looks like you have a shot. So that's why I want to highlight it as game of the week. So first, obviously, let me throw it over to Greg. And this time, game of the week always get a special highlight. And typically, Darren breaks it by um, each slot, essentially. But this time, we're going to change it up a little bit. And Greg actually recommended this. And we're going to adapt it. And what better way than Greg actually doing it for the very first time and breaking down? Because we're not going to have Darren break it down for us. And uh, Greg, without further ado, explain uh, how you're going to break it down and why. So I think one of the flaws last year was just going position or sorry, like line by line on the matchup sheet doesn't really give you an accurate overview because, you know, one player could be way better than another and then two players could be close and you end up like 1-1 or, you know, 2-0 or something like that. So um, it doesn't accurately reflect it. So I think we'll just group stuff up with like QB and super flex together and then running back then wide receiver, tight end, and maybe flex. I don't think we discussed like flex, but I think we can keep that separately. Um, so for this matchup specifically, we have Dak Prescott and Justin Fields versus Deshaun Watson and Anthony Richardson. Um, pretty clearly Murphy Street for me. That's also my anti-Deshaun Watson take that we don't have to go over again. <laughs> um, do we Do we want to go through, like, we each decide on each position? Um, yeah, I guess we could definitely do that. So we could have a little bit more of a breakdown rather than just like a monologue. So yeah, if you kind of break it down to quarterbacks, it's very clearly easily the tried and true signing over to Murphy Street or like the mystery box, right? Is Deshaun Watson going to bounce back? Is Anthony Richardson going to bounce back? And uh, Darren, I'm actually going to, of course, have you part of this segment. It's no fun to have, you know, one of us just kind of completely standing on the sideline. So let me actually bring you in and try to see how unbiased you are. Uh, what are your thoughts, at least in this uh, QB matchup alone against you and uh, Murphy Street? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Greg. I think that for week one, at least, um, like, I think that there's a chance that Deshaun and Dak could be pretty similar. 
but Justin Fields, I think, is going to be much better than Anthony Richardson week one. So um, I would agree with Greg that Max's quarterbacks for this week one matchup, he has the edge. So let me actually ask one more question of the quarterback room before I actually jump over to the running back room is what are your guys uh, kind of prediction for Justin Fields? Do both of you believe that he's going to be able to take that Jalen Hurts like step that uh, Josh Allen like step up to the MVP, MVP talks? Because if I'm not mistaken, I feel like all offseason I kept hearing multiple other podcasts saying that he was like the lead contender in uh that's placed for MVP with his odds and stuff like that. So uh, let me throw it over to you first, Greg. Uh, what are his, your thoughts of how Justin Fields is going to perform this season? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> oh, I'm going to assume that it's against consensus. I, I don't know. I saw that um, he was he had like the fourth most money on him or fifth most money for MVP. Um, I don't know. In, can someone explain betting to me? Like, can I bet? money against that happening because i would bet all of my life savings against so that. you bet the field that fields would it win yeah i would bet every cent that i've ever earned or will earn my entire life so not a strong believer not believing that he can take that next step up and be able to really start to uh make the throws read defenses and all that kind of fun stuff and kind of pair it with what we're seeing with his dynamic legs no and i also think the play calling and the offense isn't very good either. And I didn't see anything in the um, preseason that kind of showed me otherwise. I think who is the, the YouTube guy, uh, QB school, JT O'Sullivan did like a breakdown oh, yeah. of his most recent game and it was not good. Um, just some of the, the stuff that fields keeps doing and he hasn't really Habits, shown yeah. a lot of improvement on, but also the offense is not necessarily setting him up to, succeed in the best way with some of the concepts they're doing um i don't know i just haven't seen a lot of improvement from him and i think he gets a lot of oh, i said i was going to make no comment what did you how did you get me to, welcome to, do to the this? trap and bait but like he, he so he he was like the argument last year was he didn't have a great surrounding cast but he threw for a thousand less yards than davis mills and i Oof. have davis mills and he's not very good and i don't think his supporting cast was any better than Justin Fields was, because um, I watched Texans games, unfortunately. Because <laughs> you're the ultimate masochist. I, I respect you for that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of quarterbacks with bad situations that don't get that amount of excuses made up for them. Um, so, yeah, I do not have much faith in Justin Fields. I think he'll be a good fantasy quarterback this year. I'll say that. Like, if, if we were in a four-point passing touchdown league, I would definitely draft him and, like, redraft but yeah, I don't know if Darren feels any differently. Yeah, I feel like you made a lot of valid points. I know I'm a little bit more biased because I was a huge Justin Field fan coming out of college, and I'm just really confused on what I'm seeing because I feel like it's not the same prospect that I've once seen. Um, but yeah, Darren, I would love to uh, for your input as well. Um, yeah, I think that the most likely outcome is he is better, but only slightly better like I don't think that he's going to win the MVP as Greg said um, I think that he has bad habits that probably won't be broken I, I know that DJ Moore took a screen to the house but even that screen that was like what a five yard throw was a poorly thrown ball um, so I think that DJ Moore is good enough to make up for some of Justin Fields flaws but he is not good enough to make up for all of them 
Um, so I think he'll be better, but not drastically better. Um, Do you think so, he's the starting quarterback for the Bears at this time next year? I think he will be because I think they're going to win enough games where they're not going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Or, I mean, I think, I mean, maybe, like, maybe they go with Quinn Ewers over him or something like that, or Michael Penix, or, but I think he's probably the quarterback next year. Um, but it might be on like, are they going to win that many games though? I mean, this past year, I know they only won what, like two, but then this upcoming year, I understand that Aaron Rodgers is now out of the division, but you know, everyone's saying how great the lions are. The Vikings are still the Vikings, right? Last year, they, they won a lot of games. Oh no, I completely agree. They, they, it was way over inflated. But what I'm trying to say is from a talent perspective, uh, I completely see Justin Fields improving, but even with that improvement, how many extra wins are we looking at? Is that, are we looking at five three, more wins now that he brings to the three, table than last year? Like they won what three games last year, two games, something like that. I think two. Yeah. So, so are like, we going to add like five more, two more, three more, four more? I think it'll be between like five to seven wins, but that's probably too many to Good get Lord, the top no of the way. That's what I'm saying. So at that point, now you're in range for you know could could do something could and they could like package say like bunch of picks and move up to get one of the quarterbacks. But Fields would probably have to be, like, no better. He would have to show no signs of improvement from last year, I think, for them to move on. The one thing I did want to bring up is a very similar argument for the Deshaun Watson thing. It's very hard for me to envision a good quarterback in Chicago, not just because of history, but it's uh, it's pretty windy there from what I hear. I even hear that the uh, nickname is the Windy City. So I'm not saying that has a full impact on what's happening, but I don't think it's that much of a coincidence where like Jay Cutler, who had like one of the strongest arm, um, he was pretty much like required to be there to be able to put up at least any semblance of numbers, and he still couldn't be able to pass over for 4,000. Um, so that's all I'm saying. I feel like it's kind of difficult. And that's why it's hard for me to envision uh, Deshaun Watson having prolific numbers over in Cleveland. Once again, not just because of the stink on the team. I feel like it's kind of windy over there too. I've attended, uh, uh, no, I was going to say two, only one Browns game. But yeah, when I was there, I was really surprised. I'm like, wow, it's a lot colder here than I thought, uh, which is crazy because it's freaking Ohio. So of course it was going to be cold and super windy. But just being there, I was like, oh, this isn't like a Pittsburgh Philly kind of thing. This is like its own extra wind factor kind of thing. So it's wild. So I thought it would be uh, something to mention because I feel like uh, Justin Fields everywhere I see, um, there's very, very high expectations. And I feel like Justin Fields burdens a lot of uh pressure especially on murphy street empire's roster especially with kyler uh a little bit banged up uh would you say that's kind of how max has to be viewing it darren say that again (laughs) it kind of seems like justin fields will like max is really counting on justin fields to be able to make that next step to kind of help this roster really start to turn especially because Uh, of kyler being down yes and no because he does have Carr, I think, to kind of lean That's on. That's a big one, yeah. That's a big addition. Um, so if he does have, uh, like, I, but I don't know. Like, I think Fields is going to be good for fantasy, but he just might, like, he's not going to get benched or anything like that. So, like, no I don't, way. yeah. But like, I, I don't know. Like, it's it could be a situation where, like, he's done after this year if he's, like, really bad or something like that. But I don't know. I just don't see that happening. Like, I think he's going to be good enough to, like, keep his job because – he was he showed signs last year, but he does have like really bad habits that are probably not going to go away. I bet yeah, he's, he should be. he's one of those mystery listeners 
that listens to this podcast that, <laughs> that we don't know about, and he's going to hear this, and he's going to clip it, or Max is going to clip it and send it to him, and then he's going <laughs> to find our pictures, put them out on the locker locker room wall, and throw darts at us. He's going <laughs> to pass for like 5,000 yards. <laughs> That means we've ignited essentially dynasty for Murphy Shirt Empire then. But let's jump over to the next positional group, Greggy. Uh, what does their running back matchups look like? So we have Austin Eckler. I, sh- I should give the actual matchups. So Austin Eckler versus the Dolphins and Rashad, Bur- Rashad White at the Vikings versus Darren has ETN at Indy and Gibbs at Kansas City. Uh, for me, this is... Probably, oh, can I do push? Is that a... So Eckler is better than ETN for sure um, for me, but then I don't know if the gap between Eckler and ETN is bigger than the gap between Gibbs and Rashad White. Like I prefer Gibbs over White, but we're also not sure because he's a rookie and we're not sure what his role is going to be. So I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but if I had to choose, I would choose Max's side. You know... This one, I feel the same exact way. There's a very, very clear advantage for Austin Eckler over Travis Etienne. But I think there's also a very clear advantage for Gibbs over Rashad White. Only because, you know, I, I feel like when Detroit took uh, Jameer Gibbs as early as they did in the NFL draft, everyone was kind of being like, what? And then it kind of came out saying like they were actually thinking of, you know, picking him even higher. And so to me, what better way to unveil how right they were Thursday night against the defending Super Bowl champs. First, you know, it's NFL kickoff, and let's unveil this special rookie and let's beat the defending champions. And I feel I feel like if that were to happen, Gibbs is going to be a big part of that. So that's why I'm so torn. But I, I think I would have to agree with you. I do have the default over to Max as well, just because it's Eckler. You have to put respect on that name. But I do think that there is also a clear tear break between Jameer Gibbs and Rashad Waite, and I do think it's very large. So large to the point that I was actually slowly falling to pick uh, Darren, but I think that's also because, uh, you know, Max is my rival. I have to go back up my boy, too, but I'm trying to be a little bit more uh, objective, but Darren, what are your thoughts? Um, I missed the first thing because my app crapped out, oh, no. but I know you're talking about <laughs> running backs. Um, I... I don't know. I don't know how to answer this because it's going to sound biased because like, I think that Eckler um, has the edge over ETN, but I think Gibbs has a bigger edge on Rashad white than Eckler has over ETN. So I would personally give it to myself, but I mean, I, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to, but I, I went default to give respect to, you know, Max, what he's been able to build, but honestly, it's really Eckler. I'm really interested to see what he does in this, uh, Kellamore offense and, uh, kind of see how it goes. Maybe it's going to be, no, I, I honestly can't see Kellamore coming in here and be like, you know what? Let's not throw it to Austin Eckler as much as uh, you guys did in the past. Uh, maybe it might be a little bit l- less, uh, in terms of fish or not efficiency in volume, but the efficiency should still be there for him. So that's why it's kind of hard to go away. But I really do believe that Gibbs is going to be really, really special. So, uh, let me actually throw it over to Greg. Do you think, uh, are you a little bit more convinced that's, uh, is pretty close and, uh, maybe pushing you over towards the Darren side or still standing firm over at Max? No, I mean, I. So, do do we think Rashad White is his best second best running back, or we choose like Mixon or newly acquired Madison over uh, Rashad White this week? 
I feel like it would be whichever optimal running back, right? Because essentially it's team versus team. So maybe you're right. Maybe we should add in whoever we think the second best running back would be here. Yeah, but either way, I think uh, I'm not as convinced with Gibbs. Like, I think Detroit's not going to try to come out and like have a punch rat race Kansas City with... in the mouth in NFL kickoff. You don't I, think Campbell's going to want to do but that? I think I think they're going to want to run the ball, and I don't know that Gibbs is there. Like first, second down, run between the tackles. You think they're going to want to unveil that week one kickoff? Be like, I think they will, but I think they'll have what running. He's going to do. They'll have him running routes and stuff like that, but I don't think. Um. So I mean, I I was going to say Chris Jones is holding out, so it looks like he won't be there, but that also helps the pass as well. Um. I don't know. I think I I think I might have convinced myself. I'm not as high on Gibbs as you guys. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I did not have that high of a grade on him. Um. I preferred Charbonnet over him. If I was like drafting a running back for fantasy probably not but um so i'm not that high on him i would stick with with max's side it's just i do think he's better than rashad white but i think the gap between eckler and etn is more in eckler's favor but we'll see what happens with like the bigsby hype taking away some snaps from etn i've heard i've heard like no etn's gonna be the workhorse looking great mm-hmm. and then i've heard mm-hmm. bigsby uh, looks incredible he's gonna take 40 percent, 50 percent snap share so that's also a question mark for me yeah, absolutely fair. So let's jump over that wide receiver room. How does that shake up? So um, for Max, we have Jamar Chase versus Cleveland, Tyreek Hill versus the Chargers, Godwin versus Minnesota, and then for Darren, C.D. Lamb versus the Giants, Garrett Wilson versus Buffalo, Debo Samuel at Pittsburgh. So again, probably pretty clear for Max to me. Um, holistically, I think Chase and Hill are the two best, and then Lamb and Wilson, and then I would prefer Godwin over Debo, I think. But but Chase and Hill are just a, a clear tier above for me. Like Garrett Wilson might be there, but uh, we don't we haven't seen it yet. And Buffalo has a pretty good defense, so um, yeah, I think it's clear for Max for me. Yeah, for me in a vacuum. Um... It's very, very close, but with the matchups included, I had to sit here and kind of evaluate over and over again, but I, I, I'm with you again. It was close for me, but I am siding over with Max. I did pivot for the running backs, though. I, I, I did ultimately decide with Darren, but for the wide receiver room, I was so close to picking there, but yeah, it's over for uh, Max just due to matchups and everything kind of factored in. Darren, uh, how about some of your input, bud? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's close, but I think like Greg kind of, touched on a little bit but because we've seen Tyreek Hill be very good we've seen Jamar Chase be very good like that's kind of like the difference for me because Garrett Wilson is still like like we expect him to be good Mm -hmm. we'll have to see him do it so like because I mean what a test Monday night football against the Buffalo defense with Aaron Rodgers though right that is gonna be some good football yeah like I think he's gonna be great but I still got I got to see it. So I would give the edge to Max, but I think it is close. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I, I think this one's going to be a little bit short, but what what about the tight end <laughs> matchup? I feel like this is going to be short any time uh, Max gets, goes up against anyone in the tight end department. Yeah, Travis Kelsey versus Detroit versus newly healthy and signed TJ Hawkinson <laughs> uh, at Tampa Bay. I mean, do we think Kelsey will double up Hawkinson? <laughs> That's my question. Yes. yes, it's it's prime time. Travis Kelsey, Thursday Night Football, NFL. I know I'm really reading into a lot of these storyline kind of things, but uh, Darren, do you think uh, you're going to, or Kelsey's going to double Hawk? 
Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> He'll probably go for twenty-five. He started. He started arguing against it, and then pivoted at the last second there. Yeah, well, probably, um, yeah. well, I think I'm being a little hyperbolic. Hawkinson. He's just going to get so much volume, or that's what he did last year, and it is tight end premium. So those extra catches are going to cost, or going to give him an extra point. So maybe, maybe not a clean double, but yeah, Kelsey. I mean, like I said, prime time with Mahomes. Hawkinson's, Hawkinson's just not consistent. Like he could have, a, he, like if you look at his thing from last week, from last year, he has a thirty-nine point week and a thirty-five point week, and everything other than that is sort of ten-ish. Like so yeah, he's he's boom or bust. Uh, whereas Kelsey's only boom. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, all right, let's jump in and look at the final uh, kind of group, the flexes. What do we think here? So I think these may still change. Like I don't know, Darren, if you were still thinking about moving them around but right now we have joe mixon at cleveland and amari cooper versus cincinnati versus dj moore at green bay and deandre swift at new england um again max for me but i'm also not a deandre swift believer um i'm not sure what his role is going to look like and i mean you're the eagles fans but could any four of the eagles running backs like there might be a touchdown but like any four of them could get the touchdown it seems like um so until we know what this deandre swift's role is i don't know that i would put him up against like amari cooper or joe mixon who are pretty well defined and, and stable players yeah for me this one i'm a little bit more confident in siding with max and this is also coming obviously as an eagles fan i feel like the eagles running back room is definitely going to be by committee this year unless uh swift really does explode or um i don't know i, I really do you guys see penny being able to stay healthy i feel like they sign up for really um cheap and things like that but i feel like he even has a chance if he gets hot because we've seen it before that he becomes a leader uh kenneth gainwell i feel like all offseason they said that he was the starter so for me i think that uh because of all these kind of question marks i i'm 100 gonna have to confidently kind of side with Max, but my only one concern again is once again, we don't know if these are going to be two flexes, this is just what we're seeing here. But if he does keep Amari Cooper here, my only concern is Amari Cooper just was not that good when Deshaun Watson was in, except for like maybe like one game. So, um, you know, this is week one, so I'm hoping that they're going to want to show off that chemistry. They're going to be playing against the Bengals, so they're definitely going to need it. So, uh, even with all those kind of questions, I definitely do have to side with Max. But, uh, Darren, what are your thoughts here? So, my take on the Eagles' backfield is they want DeAndre Swift to take over the backfield. They ideally want him to be forced, or they want him to force them to have him on the field the majority of the time. Um, that's what it seems like from like the Philly insiders that usually are spot on with their takes. Um, Austin Brent- Scott just fell to his knees. This is news to him. <laughs> Granted, that might not happen. Um, we could see in like week one, Kenny Gainwell gets more touches, and but I think they want DeAndre Swift to win the job and kind of be their Miles Sanders from last year. I think that's their ideal situation. Um, that that definitely might not happen, um, but that I definitely think... might not happen. <laughs> Another thing, there you always do have to keep. Uh, I, I did joke about Boston Scott, but like two games a year you're guaranteeing that his workload against you know boston sky against the giants the eagles just love to meme that so 
Boston Scott's guaranteed to touch the ball like seven to eight times that game. While that's not a whole bunch, it's going to be valuable touches because they love giving Boston Scott like the touchdowns against the Giants. So I don't know. It's something very small, but two games in like what, like a 12, 13 game season. That's a lot. And if that is a running back there, you're depending on, obviously we're just talking about this week. It doesn't have that kind of factor, but just I'm talking long-term if that already, if those two games for sure are not just in question, but an automatic, yes, uh, that's going to be a committee game there. I can absolutely see that not working out in the future because Detroit and Staley, do Staley was like, please, we want you to be the guy. And he didn't become the guy, unfortunately. So maybe coming back to Philly will rejuvenate him. But I absolutely kind of see that path for sure, Darren. Um, but what are your thoughts on kind of the Amari Cooper situation? Because I'm very interested because you have Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be Deshaun's number one target. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty good this year. Um, I know that in the games last year, he wasn't great. And I think David Njoku was better than him in the games where they played together. Um, obviously, they added Elijah Moore, but I think like a full offseason with Amari, I think that he's going to be a number one wide receiver, and he's probably going to be pretty good this year. That's my my guess. But there is a scenario where Deshaun is bad, and everyone attached to him is bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's absolutely in the cards. So, Greg, with all of that kind of being said, I feel like uh, we kind of have a definitive uh, direction that we're leaning towards. But with all that being said, what is your prediction for the game of the week? Yeah, I think Max will win. Nice and short. Sorry, Dare. Um, I really want to go towards you, but I would have to say that... Unfortunately, I am siding with Max here as well. You don't get a vote here, but you did put um, your prediction here anyway. Yeah, I did. I said Max is going to win. I think it will be closer than what the um, the sleeper projection has it as, but I still think he'll, he'll find a way to win. Are you thinking of Deontay over I'm, DeAndre? I am thinking about like, moving around that. You should like, put Deontay in there, man. We'll talk. But, like so, like I got Deontay. I think Trey Lund's gonna play Week One too. Uh, like I do have other options there, like Antonio Gibson. Like I could put him in there. Um, I could even put David Njoku in there. But uh, I don't know. I kind of want to play DeAndre Swift against Max because he was a former MSC. Ooh. Like, Doesn't that know. go I both ways though? He's uh, an insider. Yeah, he's a double knows. agent. <laughs> he knows how to. How he's to gonna sport. come in and drop the goose egg. <laughs> Could you imagine? But like, what if, what if I don't, if I don't play him that week one game? He has like twenty points and he gets hurt like he did last year. So then I that would one game where I had a chance. Then I'd be like regretting it all year. The mind games have already started, Greg. You hearing this? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think you're making this up. Like I don't even know if Max cares. Like he's he's over. He's not even thinking about DeAndre Swift anymore. I I don't know. It oh, seems I think he, very risky. I think he goes to sleep every night thinking about DeAndre Swift. What he what could have been? I think he's very happy with Kendra Miller, based on uh, what we've he seen in the look, chats. He does. Yeah, he he does color. absolutely love him. But with all that being said, all the predictions are in. Uh, two things I just want to add before we put a bow on this episode. I think it's fair, uh, or at least we should have a consensus here. What should be the rules of our predictions um, leading up? Because it's no secret that we do it ahead of time. Things will change. Maybe the starters will change and how it looks like in the lineup, blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to our predictions, is it just locked in whatever we said in the podcast? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't think I understand the question. It's like if someone, if Max changes his roster next week. Yeah, after if there's we like record. a trade, and we're like, oh man, of course I pick, um, you know, Mike to win, but I didn't know that he was going to do this, but so my that shouldn't have counted. I'm sure this situation is going to come up, so this is just a comical way of talking on air, saying, all right, well, well, what do we want the groundwork to be? Is it whatever happens on the episode, that's what goes because that's what we have documented, or uh, what what's happening? Yeah, I feel like that's the most fair way, right? Uh, yeah. I think you could almost, if there is like a meaningful change, like say Max trades for Justin Jefferson before week one or something like that, you know, like if something that's like game changing happens, then you can almost like void the pick for that week. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just void. That's fair. That's fair. But that, that has to be, it has to be like a big move. Like Max getting Alexander Madison and starting him instead of Rashad White. Like that's not that crazy of a change. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. All right. No, that's fair. And my last thing is now the uh, off season's officially over, boys. Um, Like I said, this is the last episode before we get to recap and talk about how week one went, which is absolutely insane. So let me throw it over to you, Greg. How was... Uh, How's this offseason felt like for you? I know um, this one, ha- you've been pretty busy. A lot of blockbuster trees and things like that. But uh, how was this one? I think the first part was busy for me. Like everything leading up to the draft. And then, you know, people were messaging me, trying to get Bijan, stuff like that. Um, and then in the summer, I think this year I probably, I don't know if you guys noticed, like I just wasn't in the chat very much because I was, I was in the U.S. Yeah, for you're three traveling weeks, so much. And then we came back and then I had COVID. And then we went to Estonia for a while, and like I work has been crazy, so I just feel like I probably haven't been that in tune. I mean, I'm still like a degenerate, so I still get like all the news and stuff. But um, they're like hold the whole all the training camp and everything went really fast for me because I wasn't paying that much attention. I was just kind of doing mm-hmm. other stuff, so it's really flown by. Uh, I'm just looking forward for this season to be over with, and then I can finally maybe have a respectable <laughs> team. And it, it's not Dude, this like, offseason is going to make... be ruled by you. You're going to have, like I said, you're going to have like all three top picks. I think I have six top fourteen picks. I oh guess. my god! Um, but yeah, so then then my really like playing dynasty football happens. Like no one messages me for trades or anything because I don't have anyone that anyone wants. And yeah, half the teams don't have picks, so that's what I want. So I, I'll be interested to play dynasty football next year. It'll be interesting. So can't wait. How about you, Dare? How has this uh, offseason felt for you? Because similarly to Greg, it's obviously because I had a child as well. This was a short offseason. I was very, very busy. And I'm actually so excited. I still can't believe today is, well, spoiler alert, we're recording this on September 1st. I can't believe it's September already, man. So, uh, yep. yeah, how was offseason everything for you, too? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was very busy, doing a lot of things. So it went by really fast. And I know it's like, it seems like each year you get older, the years just go by faster and faster like i feel like the summer just started and now it's basically over it's crazy dude i went out uh we took a link for a walk yesterday um and i was like oh god it's gonna be so hot and i went outside i was like oh my god it feels perfect outside it's so nice and i was like oh wait it's like the end of summer it's september okay this makes sense this makes sense that the weather is like this because kind of like you i was expecting it to be like the summer heat and i'm still in like mentally i'm still in summertime so I'm, I mean, I'm here for it. I remember when we were younger, when we were like high school. Oh my God. It was unbearable. The off season felt like four years. I wanted it to die. And now I'm like, oh my God, dude, 
football, real football is about to happen. So one last thing I do want to ask. Um, I know I keep saying that, but this is for real. And Greg, I'm going to throw it to you first. What is your typical, and, and this is very interesting because you're, what is your typical, um, I guess for you, it's not Sunday night. Like, what is your typical game day experience like? Because for me, I have, like, the red zone on. I have all this on. But I would love to kind of hear what your breakdown is. And I'm going to ask Dare as well. Because I'm sure for Dare, he might be doing more adulting and fixing around the house now. But how about you, Greg? Yeah, normally, we, well, last offseason I was moving. So that was a bit weird. But, yeah, I mean, I wake up and then do whatever until, like, early afternoon. And then normally I watch F1 race so that'll be at least overlap for, for a little part of the season and that normally starts around three or four of my time uh and that's done like around dinner time and then i eat dinner and then red zone starts at six so i'll normally watch red zone on my tv i'll like stream it on the tv and then i'll have my like laptop and i might watch either sleeper or like one of the games specifically but i can only watch so the 1 p.m games are 7 p.m games for me i can normally watch the first set of games and then maybe if i'm feeling brave till like halftime for the 4 p.m mm-hmm. games um so that's basically all the football i get to watch and then the next mornings if there's like an important game or one of my players played i'll watch like the they have like the recaps in 40 minutes or whatever just mm-hmm. like conde- condensed, the condensed game, game. yeah, yeah. I love that. so i'll like watch that um but yeah that's pretty much how every game day goes for me um have I you don't met really another nfl fan in europe Oh yeah, when the the Seahawks versus Bucks was here last year, we went down to uh, Marine Plots, which is like the and they were like real NFL central. fans, not just like oh let's just buy this thing because the NFL's here. There were so many jer- like I would say over fifty percent of the people had jerseys on. So I don't know if they were t- well. You can tell the American tourists like <laughs> real easy. Um, <laughs> just double, slightly double larger. Wide, yeah, their gates a little bit different. Jerseys. Yeah, um, you, you can hear them talking and stuff, but. But yeah, like I nine think there's decibels a lot of German louder fans. than everyone else. Oh my god! I, every time I see another American in all of Europe, I'm just like, oh, please don't embarrass me. Please <laughs> don't say anything. Like I so, so we're way off track here, but I used to work right by Amsterdam Central Station, so that's where like all the tourists. That's like from the airport, the train lands up at Amsterdam Central, and I remember seeing people like walking out, and there was this guy. He must have been like 250 pounds with his whole family, and they all had like gun T-shirts on. And oh the God. guy had the the classic uh, "Guns Don't Kill People" I do T shirt on, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" His wife had like "Don't Mess with Texas" or something like oh that. Oh my God, they're so proud of it. And I'm like, "Why did you guys like? Are we letting these people out of the country now? Like, I, I took they left and they're like, passport. while we're traveling, this is what we're going to wear. This is what this is a good yeah, idea. Was a this is decision. thought out. This isn't just exactly like they sat down and like, oh, let's pack. All right, th- these shirts. This is what we're gonna do." And it made it better because they didn't look at all, and they almost got completely annihilated by bicycles because they walked right through the bike lane without even oh, classic American arrogance and ignorance. All. There it is. Yeah. They're like, "What's a bike lane? We don't have bike lanes. What's a bike lane?" <laughs> they probably never dangerous. seen a bicycle in their lives. They're like, "Oh my gosh! Here you have to pedal these things." At, at, yeah. In America, they have motors. You just go. Yeah, very old fashioned, but um, no. In Germany, there's like a lot of fans. So I tried to, like I said, I tried to get tickets. Um, I think they like NFL Europe and stuff still has a lot here. I was going to um, say, have you seen really like another wasn't. fantasy football player or no? I've seen like a couple online. Like if you go on Reddit, there's like people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Like I've seen those. I was just wondering if, I've, if you've ever seen one in the wild. 
No, but how would I know if someone plays fantasy football? That's fair. They don't have like a shirt saying <laughs> I, I like a love or... fantasy football. Please talk to me about it. that's yeah. fair. But how about you, Darren? Um, how has your what's your um, football watching experience typically like uh, during the football season? Well, before last year, hopefully last year was just a one-off. But dude, last year you uh, didn't watch anything. I felt like yeah, I bear. I didn't really watch. I watched the primetime games like Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. That was really it. Um, I watched most of the Eagles games, but I didn't. Wow, get it hurts me. I can't believe you didn't watch all of them. <laughs> I just wasn't able to. And um, they're like best but, season ever in season history. And you're like, <laughs> ah, I, I didn't watch all of it though. It's fine. I don't know, but maybe that's like a good thing. I mean, maybe. to be fair, most of the games were done by like the third quarter. That's true. So uh, I guess I didn't miss like a ton because they were really good, and I didn't like need to see any close games, but. Um, typically I will have red zone on and the Eagles on at the same time if they are playing, um, just so I can like move my head back and forth because red zone, if the Eagles are playing, I like to watch the whole game. Um, but I also want to see red zone for fantasy. Um, once the Eagles are over, I will just watch just red zone. Um, then I watch like all primetime games. So I'm hoping I'm able to do that this year, but we'll, you know, we'll see. (laughs) So, um, it, it's like normally, uh, you know, food cause it's like one o'clock. So I was just going to ask Greg didn't tell us about food. So we're going to have to go back to Greg on food, but yeah. What, what does your day look like? Is it from like, cause for us, it starts at right around one o'clock. So for yeah. me, it's the same exact thing as you dare. I have red zone on and the Eagles and if the E or it's e- either Eagles and chiefs. So if either one of them are on, they, they get priority on the big screen and I am also watching red zone on the other screen. Uh, if neither of them are on, then red zones on the big screen. Exactly like you. Um, but, and yeah, I try to get all my chores done early that weekend slash day and then once one o'clock comes i'm pretty much a potato but uh yeah Darren, what are you doing food wise um so if i'm getting real fancy i'll do something like wings bone-in uh, microwavable wings yeah classic patent microwavable wings yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, i will nobody understands that at all <laughs> but um i will do that or um buffalo chicken dip um like you know snacks that you're munching on while you're watching the game though most of the time because classics you're, you're lazy most of the time, but, um, it is like, I mean, it's right during like prime food time. So that's why like, it's, you know, big... do you get like takeout pizza or is it always just like finger food all the way? Sometimes we will do like delivery takeout, but a lot of the time it's like, if you don't, you know, kind of plan for that, you're waiting to get it until like the third quarter because they're so yeah, bad. Yeah. Scheme. So you got to kind of prioritize when you're in plan and a lot of since we're like doing especially now since we're like doing shit we'll like forget about planning that's uh i I realize that's a privilege (laughs) it's not a right it just kind (laughs) of happens um but i'm really hoping that greg is gonna i I really want greg to be like oh my gosh i have like the greatest german bratwurst and pretzels blah 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 um but instead i'm really hoping he's like i I have like pop tarts and stuff like that it's great uh but greg what is the food situation like for you typically because the hours are so off uh, I mean, I just eat dinner before seven. So the game, the what red zone starts at seven. So I eat before that. Uh, so I don't, you're just so unaware. You're not even snacking during a game. I'll have like, well, now that we have access to all the best wheat beers in the world, I'll have like a beer or two during the game. Um, but no, it's like, it's too close to bed. And then if, if you yeah, like that's a, fair. a big pretzel or something before bed that sits 
I have a hard time <laughs> sleeping. Uh, but the pretzel game, like the frozen pretzels you can buy, just like, and then heat up in the oven. They're so good here. And they have this, um, oh, I'm going to forget the name of it now, but they have this like dipped for it that is basically like a cheese ball and then it has onion in it as well. And it is incredible. It's it's so oh, good. Oh, I think I've seen, well, probably like it's the like beer crappy commercial version. Onion. But yeah, I know exactly like, what you're talking about. If you have like a Hofbrau house near, because there was one in Pittsburgh and one in Cleveland too. I don't know if you have it. They, they serve it there. Um, with the the pretzels, but it's it's so Ooh, good. That sounds awesome. And so, uh, what, what's your significance others doing at this time? Um, and I'll throw it over to you first, Greg. Well, what's Jack? Is she just like, oh, now I get to do things around the house, or is she also sit on the couch, just kind of on her phone and laptop and stuff? That's what Emily does because she's a football fan as well. But she kind of just half pays attention and she's just doing like lesson plans and whatnot. So still enjoys it on, but she knows I'm completely and utterly uh, helpless. But obviously, I'm going to be uh, a lot more hands on because last year I did kind of miss a lot of football as well. But this year with the baby, I'm definitely going to miss a whole bunch, which is fine. But yeah, what's uh, Jackie doing typically? Yeah, it's normally like the half pay attention, like the Eagles game more so. Like she'll like three quarters of the way. She knows all the players. She knows what's kind of going on, right? Yeah, because like I think it's that familiar familiarity with the team that she like she knows the players. Yeah, she's like, what position is Cole Hamels? Is he still playing? Yeah. So the rest of it, it's like kind of like maybe a quarter of the way paying attention, kind of like asking me how my fantasy team is doing, that kind of stuff. Oh, just being nice, being like, ah, he has interest. I should see how he's doing. She has asked, so, you know, the fantasy week goes from Thursday to Monday. Yeah. And she'll, I don't know how many times I have explained to her that, like, the new week starts over. (laughs) But then she'll, like, ask and then, like, think that it's a new game because, like, new football games started. So, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That just won't click. Yeah, she'll see, like, Thursday. She's like, oh, he must have won on Thursday. So, oh, yeah, Sunday. How are you doing now? Yeah. Yeah, she thinks today is a different game or something. I don't know. Have you have you ever done like that family league where it's just like a four person league, or has she just been like, no, I can just nope, never doing it. Um, no, she has no interest in that. She <laughs> she uh, had a work league that she made me control. So did you win it for her? No, <laughs> I came oh in my god, third. So <laughs> it's all right. I did um every year. Uh, Emily's sister Lauren, they do like uh the playoff prediction thing. And every single year, she either comes in first or second. And every time she comes in second, I swear it's rigged because every time she comes in second, the person who wins is always like the owner or the person who put it together. And I'm like, bullshit. Get out of here, dude. But anyway, Greg, how about you? Is your girlfriend, I'm not assuming she is an NFL football fan. So is she just like can care less because it's like seven. So she's probably just doing what? Like she's super smart. What is she like a rocket scientist? I forget what she does. Yeah, she's she's sitting right here. She's an astrophysicist. There but she she's, is. So... She's not even in the room when I watch football. <laughs> what do you think about me watching football? You, you know, you know some positions. She knows quarterback now, and she knows the Buffalo Bills. Nice. Wait, uh, is she well aware of the PDO, Steelers. or is she just like, oh, here's my you know significant other just talking to some weird fat people that he met on the internet. I think I think she's happy that I have um, people to talk to. <laughs> oh, thank you for taking because it's energy. more it's more like a um, like it. So it's something that I'm that I'm like into, obviously, but I don't have like anyone to to talk about it with here. So I think she's just more like, uh, good for you. I don't understand anything, but good for you. <laughs> yeah, she's nodding. Yes, as she eats pizza. <laughs> 
Yes, Greg just knows to stay out of the way. That is great. But now, this is just a fun way to say the offseason's finally over. You guys get this super mega episode. It's going to be over two hours long. That's crazy. And honestly, the last time we used the Riverside, I think there was like a, a, a timing glitch where like 25 minutes in, all the audio got desynced or something crazy. So I'm really hoping that doesn't happen because uh, I don't feel like editing this. So if, you, we'll if, see. if anyone makes it this far, type banana in the chat. Oh, they're definitely 100% have not made it this far. Also, um, let's see if I remember to make a new intro for this because I almost already forgot. So You have to do the ad, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, oh, okay. Banana in chats. And last thing, over under, um, how much do you guys actually think I can deliver on both of those? There's no shot. I, I uh, think I'll do it. Or, I'll wait, do when it. is this going out? Uh, this is supposed to go out Tuesday, or it's supposed to be scheduled uh, to drop on Tuesday, so any time from now till Tuesday, I have time to uh, upload it. You said you have all weekend. To, I, I'll give you 50-50. You do one of the things. Yeah, I think I think 50-50 sounds fine. Uh, no, I think right after this, I'm probably going to text Darren, and then because oh, I have to look for royalty-free music now to do for the new drug. Oh, God, it's going to be a whole pro. I don't know. Maybe. Because after this, I'm probably just going to go downstairs and see the baby, so I don't know. We'll see. How about you, Darren? Do you have faith in me? I think it's Brian's chance to redeem himself, so I think he'll at least do his part if you ask him. Ah, shit. You're right. 100%. It's going to happen both. Greg, I wish you had more faith in me, but you have every right not to because I don't have faith in myself. But... I, don't know if, I don't know if you like. I, I don't know if you can just make an ad for your company like that. Are you allowed to do that? Like, do you have to consult with people before you, you run an ad That's on such true. a prestigious podcast? The turnaround podcast? time is so – it's more I, for like a skit reasoning we, we have so hundreds of thousands of listeners that is true. should i send brian my analytics and actually submit like a real thing being like we want uh do you want to sponsor our podcast and just send them my analytics like we average about 15 listeners per episode <laughs> yeah we don't know where they are do you have any demographics know, on them? Yeah. i thought there should only be about nine to ten but um yeah somehow there's uh 15 so i don't want to impress you and i think our overall numbers for the amount of episodes we have is very low, but it will blow you away, Brian. But anyway, let's see if I pull through. I think uh, if you guys have made this far, like I said, up to this point, you should have gotten an ad break and a new intro and, oh, God, I guess a new outro. Man, I have to, I forgot I have an outro, too. God damn it. All right, guys. Bye. All right. Now, that's a wrap for this episode of the PDL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you guys on the next one.